and welcome to another exciting edition of WANK, the weekly AEW news kick. I'm your host, Tom, joined as always by Patrick. Hello, Patrick. Delightful. And also... Return of the Jack. Return of the Jack. It's the return of the Jack, our cheap pop carrot top, <laughs> our, um, there's got to be another, you can't injure the ginger, he's here, it's Jack, way! I'm, I'm back. So, as usual, if there's any breaking news stories, we address them first. I suppose we should go in chronological order. Chronological? Chronological. <laughs> chronological. <And> <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're professional here. Um, so we should start in chronological order and go with... John Moxley showing up on New Japan Strong. Did anyone watch New Japan Strong in its entirety, other than me today? That's a no. Yeah, was it, it, was it released it today? Or... No, no, it was. It was a. Uh, I mean, it was uh, a week ago. Yeah, did I, I did. Watch? I did, you guys I did watch it. But the, the John Moxley bit you're referring to, I didn't watch it, but I know what happened. He obviously, you know, he he appeared. And it's just good to see John Moxley back in New Japan. I know Patrick prefers John Moxley in New Japan, so he's going to be happy. And it's just like, it's nice because he's held that title for over a year now. And it has been tricky because of COVID. So it's nice he's getting back into it. And, you know, he can defend. And especially it's the, the, the new beginning in it. So it's nice to see he's back. You know, he's back. I was about to say where he belongs. He doesn't necessarily just belong in New Japan. He, be, he belongs to... The whole wrestling world, it's nice that, you know, AW, that's it. AW is not, you know, holding him. They're not stealing him. You know, they're sharing the, they're sharing the mock really love. with any of their talent. I know, they, but you know what I mean. He's, he's back in New Japan and we love it. Is Strong recorded in the US, by the way, or taped in the US? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a US Yeah, dojo. okay. Um, but yeah, get on it. Get on it from the beginning, I say. Because it's, you know, um, NJPW have also signed a deal with Roku in the US and the UK and elsewhere, maybe Canada. Um, and there's another new weekly show coming uh, that will be exclusive to that. I don't know what it's, it's called, something like New Japan World Wrestling or something really boring. But um, yeah, so they are making great strides trying to continue their Western expansion, which kind of started with Kenny Omega's Bullet Club, really. So that, I guess we should go straight into, with that we should go straight into Dynamite. It opened with the Tag Team Battle Royal, uh, and Jungle Boy's music was, I frankly, a great way to start a beach-themed show for me. It really got me in the party mood. Jack, what did you make of the Battle Royal? I loved it. There was there was a lot to love in it. Um, there was loads of standout performances. Um, I won't jump straight to the end uh, for a particular standout performance, but I thought, no, when I was going into it, and I spoke to Tom earlier before recording this, um, and we tried not to talk much about Dynamite, but, you know, sometimes it gets out there. And I actually thought going into it, Santana Ortiz were going to win. Um, I thought I could see it from a storyline perspective of, you know, MJF and Chris Jericho winning, being a circle tag, and then they end up getting the title shot. I thought it made sense. But no, lots of stand-up performances. Um, John Silver, as always, showing what he's got. And Alex Reynolds actually getting eliminated first, but John Silver managing to, you know, stay for a long time. Luchasaurus actually got eliminated a lot earlier than I thought, but Jungle Boy obviously stayed in quite a long time. Um, what other standout performances were there for me? Top Flight, and especially, um, and I'm going to butcher which one it is, so Tom, correct me. Is it Dante Martin, the one that stayed in to the end? Or is it Darius? I I, I remember Anyone Martin. know? 
let's just... Darius. Darius. Darius, 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 Darius thank you, yeah. Patrick. So Darius was right at the end. And even though you, you knew he wasn't going to win it, I thought he put in a great show. And they looked great as well. Um, but yeah, so the, the one that ended up winning, MGF Chris Jericho, um, again, me and Tom talked about earlier, and Tom will explain why, but Tom loved it. I actually wasn't a fan because I think there was a lot better tag teams in there that I would prefer have the title shot. Like like I said, Santana Ortiz, I could have seen being a great pay-per-view match and the storyline would have worked there um, as well. I like the idea of Young Bucks winning it for the Good Brothers match, but they obviously they don't want to jump the gun too early. Um, so basically, long story short, I think there was a lot of great potential matches. I don't doubt this is going to be a great match at Revolution, but I just think I'm not too sure I'm too much of a fan of it. Yeah, um, I like the finish. I, I like the choice. I, I think it's got a big fight feel to it, them versus the Young Bucks, which is important for Revolution. They've got a lot to live up to last year, especially in terms of attack match at Revolution. It's kind of feels like slowly becoming their kind of de facto main show, even though I think that's supposed to be all out. But Revolution just feels big now, like they've set a very high bar. Um, and I think this stuff with MJF is the most intriguing story in the company. Well, Second most, obviously, but the other one's a cross-promotional thing. Um, in terms of solely AEW storylines, I think it's the most intriguing storyline going at the moment. I, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, it gives me very old-school WWE Attitude-era story vibes with, with the storytelling. A um, couple of other performances. I, I, I still like... Uh, I like The Acclaimed, but their rap this time was pretty felt pretty crap. I, and I usually think they're quite good at it but it was a bit phoned in. Um, maybe they just wrote it with a few minutes to spare behind the scenes. But uh, yeah, there was a big boo went up when Silver was eliminated. Reynolds went out a lot earlier than I would have thought. Um, but then I thought, okay, they're going to give they're gonna give John Silver a, a, a big kind of solo thing and make him a big solo feature in this match. But then he went out not too long after. He had a bit of a a bit of a solo show, but then he did go out and didn't make it to like the final four or anything, did he? Um I also thought it was interesting that JR called the private party elimination illegal because didn't someone drag their legs from outside? Was it was it one of the Good Brothers? I think came and because um, of their their impact feud for the titles, and he called that an illegal elimination and like as if there was disqualifications and called for a ref or something. He was like, oh, the ref needs to see that or something. It's like, well, not really because we also had the Royal Rumble. This. Uh, past week, which we'll talk about in less important shows, but um, we had Omos, is his name? The big dude that comes out with AJ Styles. He was pulling people off, off the apron left, right and centre, so clearly it, it doesn't matter in these battle royals, but you know, just uh, something I noticed. Patrick, what were your thoughts on, on this battle royal? Same as you, mostly like what Jack said is right, but I think the outcome of it is, uh, like you said, also is better when you have the heel team in this case to keep on telling the the storyline. So I like the finish that they were clearly, the, uh, no, or Chris Jericho in the end also, not the best wrestler in the ring and he makes somehow the win for the team. And uh, yeah, that's 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 a heel finish, which leaves you behind with, oh, there are way better teams they would should have won and so on. But in the end, that's the that's the heel heat uh, they're getting. Uh, this is what I like about it. Um, I think in the future we'll see also the other teams. Uh, for top flight, it would have been definitely too early to be in a, um, a pay-per-view match. But um, yeah, I can see where this is going. Like from storytelling-wise, that was good. Also, that uh, private party got eliminated through uh, the Good Brothers who were at ringside then. 
um, yeah, there was some nice storytelling in it, which which I liked. And all in all, it wasn't the best Battle Royal because it was also like uh, it, it was hard to focus on it a little bit <laughs> because it was it was yeah there there was so much happening. There were so many teams at once in the ring, which is not that much in a Royal Rumble at at once. Um, yeah, can I, can I yeah, just add, like, Patrick, on that note you said? Yeah, sure. I find that a lot with AW Battle Royals when they've done them. It is hard to focus on a lot of time about yeah. who's in the ring, and you do get lost um, with who's eliminated, I find. Yeah. And yeah, not only as a, as a viewer, also you saw the uh, director also got got completely like not completely confused but they switched to the wrong cameras in between there was a nice spot from from uh, was it uh, on the outside was it not no let's answer was not in the match to grayson was yeah, in the I match. Think I know yes to grayson in, but i didn't write down here yeah yeah right so this this was a nice spot and uh i think it was jake hager who did that with them jake hager and and him were doing that on on the apron and before I like right, like I, I remember jake like, being involved in a big strong spot yeah like a blink of an eye before it was happening, this thing, the camera switched away to the ring and then back and then it was gone. And I was like, ah, oh, Jesus. So that's what I have to say. These these tiny things, these are the ones which I don't like yet with the AW production and they still have to work on that, that the uh, director in, in the TV van has to be a little better on these things. Maybe they have to teach them a little better because this is still, I saw that now also last, last week on the Royal Rumble. WWE is really best at it because they have the perfect production crew for that that you don't miss that except from the rumble for like four years five years ago when aj styles debuted but that's another <laughs> another point so all in all an okay battle royal yeah and good for storytelling i just want to come back to what you said about you know very correctly said about it's a heel thing not having the best wrestlers winning like mjf wasn't even particularly that involved for a lot of it and they called that was uh, intentional you know they called out called him out for it because they were like he's just hiding there and letting jericho do the work you know he was kind of ducking under the the um turnbuckle a bit so very mjf and uh, i agree with what you said about top flight they're they're far too green at the moment they also don't really have their own identity for me yet that really sets them apart from the, any of the other high-flying tag teams that you know we've got private party th2 young bucks um, Lucha Brothers in a sense although one of those is much more high flying than the other and you never want to try and be the next Lucha Brothers because you're going to come up short but yeah um, I'm sure they'll get there they're, they're definitely promising uh, one thing that was fantastic was during uh, the intros we had a, a clip of that super kick that Sammy Guevara uh, took way back when and um, it's always a good day when I see that because that's probably one of the best sales in AEW history but yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, That's, that was like, sick to well, see it again, really. <laughs> no, definitely. I was also when they showed that I was like, wow, <laughs> that was so sick back then, really. Like, also, also still to see, like now in retrospective, how many of these like big spots, kicks, whatever, uh, were against Sammy. You know, like you you see that he clearly uh, is is the the guy, the green guy who always has to take the big spots. And but, uh, I mean, he, I hope they build up from that. I was saying he's an all-rounder. The the way you know his selling is just one part of his game. Yeah, the thing he did with the infamous now the the golf cart, how he just bounced off that. Do you know what I mean? It's um, it's fun. You know he can he can job to a golf cart. It's amazing. <laughs> he's right, really he's right. really so he just, you know can't yeah. praise Sammy Hyde. That's enough, such a great a right great spot in this feud going forward. Yeah, and that's that was that was also one of the 
most iconic spots, I would say, in, w in, in, in AEW, and WWE even copied it, but we can talk about that later. After this, we had a promo from Jade Cargill. They really want her over, don't they? Um, I mean, she's got she's got the look. She's kind of very buff, but I think just have her come out and start throwing women about. Do you know what I mean? Don't this 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 you know it's not the right way to get her over. I don't think like because she's just gonna put her next to Shaq and I, I don't I, I mean I'm drained. I don't even want to talk about this. Can we not talk about this? Can we just go on to the next one? <laughs> Yeah, we can. We cannot Great. talk about this, and maybe we can also not talk about the next one, really. Oh, we've got to talk about the next one, unfortunately. Well, I was, I was just, Sting I was just, and Darby Allen. Uh, no, I was just about to say it's nice that we're cutting out Jade, Jade Cargill for one week. I think we, I think we give her enough shit on this podcast. I don't think we need. I think we can miss it for an episode. Give her a break. Give her a break. Two who aren't getting a break is Sting and Darby Allen. Um, I guess I'll come to you, Patrick, because uh, you so wanted to talk about this. What were your thoughts yeah. on this interview? Obviously, Team Taz was stuck outside. Um, I can't even really remember much of what Darby Allen said. If he said anything, I think it was mainly a sting, a sting bit, talking about how Ricky Stark has said it's not like looking at an icon anymore. And I mean, he's got a good point. <laughs> what were your thoughts on this promo? I just say three words: copy and paste. That's everything I want to say about it, really. There's nothing to yes. add. There's nothing special about it. It's it's always the same structure. They come out. They do all the time the sting entrance, the complete long entrance. The entrance is longer than the segment itself. And they're just standing in the ring talking like... They're not even talking like more than two sentences or so. And then it's again, oh, it's Tess again. Tess is somewhere in the building now outside. So I really don't care. And I'm looked at the watch today i was like shit it's still a month to go until revolution so we will have this for another fucking month that we have to see this all the time instead of giving these four minutes of completely crap to another like to add in adding it to another match giving it to another story getting giving it to another younger wrestler maybe they just just do like matches now in this case i have to say since it's so much time left of course darby will have next week uh, a championship match against joey janela but uh they could do in this case the wwe thing that they are just doing every week a match like building up something you know like when they want to build up for a pay-per-view that they are mixing them together in in tag teams but they have to do a match before otherwise no one will be interested in the match anymore and more annoyed like it, it, i'm just speaking for me but i can see jack is also curious to tell us his opinion right buckle in folks because this is going to be a ride oh my god i this for me i think i dislike this more than jade cargill bit and jade cargill is the worst part of... well, there was no there was no words in the jade cargill it's, thing exactly it was just, it was more it was just a primer of her yeah edge. It was, yeah, but this, right, where do I start? So, same thing as Patrick. Copy and paste the entrance. Tony Schiavone. First, we're going to welcome Darby. Darby comes down. Now we're going to welcome Sting. Extra long intro for Sting that's longer. Exactly what Patrick said. Um, so, I didn't realise this was happening in this show because, obviously, when they do the card, um, when they're previewed, so I didn't know it was happening. When they then said after the Battle Royal coming up next, uh, we talked to Darby Allen and Sting, and I said this to Tom earlier. I literally tutted when it said that. I was like, like, and rolled my eyes to myself. I mean, I mean, that's that's the that's the biggest condemnation you can get from a Brit. So literally, but I was just he like, I, but I literally was like, just sat in bed watching it, and I was like, why are we doing this again? And the thing that 
made Tom laugh when I told him earlier, is that was my reaction to being told a Darby Allen the Sting bit. They're then out, obviously get cut by Team Taz. As soon as I heard Team uh, Taz's um, voice on the mic, I literally said, no one else in the room, just to myself, oh, fuck off, literally, because I'm that done with it. That like, and the same as Pat, we've got a month to revolution. Is this going to happen every week? And then thirdly, thirdly, the whole, yeah, you made the point, Tom, what Ricky Stark said, it's not wrong. And then, yeah, being told that you've got a TNT title match with Joey Janela next week. So I've got a problem with this. And the problem is not Joey Janela. Joey Janela's fine. I love Joey Janela's wrestling. I don't like um, title matches like this where there's no build-up. I need a little bit of build-up, something. Joey Janela and Darby, when were they last even in a room together? Why is this a title match? It clearly is, like Patrick said, a WWE thing where it's just, we'll have a match each week leading to the pay-per-view to give you some sort of hype. And, you know, and it's just, I feel sorry for Joey Janela because he needs more screen time. He's a great wrestler. We've seen him in like the Indies before AW started and he's just getting thrown into these. It will, it'll be, and it's, it's not going to be an AW squash match as such, but it's going to be a match where obviously Darby's winning. He's not losing Joey Janela. It's just to show like how good he is. It's more going to be focused on Sting and Team Taz and, and the outside. And again, I just feel sorry for Darby because he's got this title now. He literally was one of the best things going in AEW until he got the title. And it's just, and I said it before, just being overshadowed by Sting and even Team Taz at this point. And Darby Allen is like the, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like Darby Allen's your most like valuable thing in this whole, uh, maybe Sting. But, um, but yeah, he, I mean, he's the title holder. And yet, Everyone else has shown him up. And to correct you, Tom, he literally didn't say anything when he was out. He did not say one word yeah, this I week. I couldn't remember where he did and it, not, but... Yeah, and that, that I think, um, sums up the ramp. But, yeah, not happy at the moment is going. I think I love the match at Revolution. Don't get me wrong. It's a street fight, and it's great. But I just don't like the build-up to it. And that's, yeah, I really, that's me. I really... I really enjoyed the other week when Team Taz attacked the, even though it was a bit corny, and we talked about this, we talked about actually liking it, when Team Taz attacked those t-shirt guys. And I'll tell you why I liked it so much. It wasn't, like, particularly exciting segment compared to any other, but it was just because they did something with it. Do you know what I mean? They did something with the storyline. They mixed it up a little instead of just standing there slanging at each other. Do you know what I mean? With, with just empty words as well, because, like... I know Jack has. I don't know, Patrick, if you ever watched The Walking Dead. I think it was... No, I, I wouldn't recommend it. If you do, just the first three and a half seasons, then you're good. Um, I think it was Literally. the season four finale. <laughs> the season four finale, I, uh, I remember this whole, you know, the group of heroes, they're stuck in a storage container. They've been put in there by a load of cannibals. And then, um, then uh, Rick, the main guy, he's like... He's like they made a big mistake, and and then uh, and then someone's like, why? And there's like a there's like a big tense music and a zoom in on his face, and you think he's gonna say something like, because I've planted a bomb somewhere or something like that, and he just goes, they're messing with the wrong people, and that's how they end the thing, and that's kind of what <laughs> this reminds me is. of. This this <laughs> segment reminded me of when um when it zoomed, Sting was like Sting was saying like. Ricky says he doesn't see the icon when he looks at me anymore. Well, Ricky, da, 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 look a little closer. Like, it's just empty bullshit. Like, <laughs> Literally, it's, not, it's terrible. It's not, it was, oh, my God. 
Bad. This isn't this isn't the kind of and in the same sense as that show, it was like this isn't the kind of holy oh shit moment you think it is. You know, it's it's just it's just more empty posturing and I'm just done with it. Like would you guys say this was the low point of dynamite, as we're talking about the highs and lows, the ups and downs? Yes. Like yeah, yeah. So but but I think they, they can they can they can under underbeat it next week again if they're doing the same shit every week again. You know, like, if they're repeating it, they're just making it worse and worse and worse. And that's, it's even worse than Miro's character right now. But we'll come to that later. Um, for, for me, um, let me try and remember the rest of the show. I think probably because it was the only point in the show where I actually said out loud, oh, fuck off. So, yeah, probably is a low point for me. Then I'm going to give this my shocker of the week. <laughs> I just, amazing that was, that amazing was, that was a that was a sound that just i and people have probably heard this before if they've got the soundpad app because that was one of the the four stock sounds that came with it but i just wanted to use it i've, I've only got i've only got return of the mac that i downloaded myself and the rest is just that's the like stuff when that I, came with the software so i've got to get my uh get my get my licks in that's when i was like last on radio and you get like you're given this little soundboard it's like a little it's like a correct yeah it's what else cool. have i got it's, I've got that. I've got the uh, the I've got a firework and a cue, whatever that means. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and slip them in. But I think I think shocker of the week. I'm going with it with a segment going forward. Why not? Next we had Doctor Britt Baker DMD versus Thunder Rosa. I was very excited for this one. Uh, I think the girls impressed again as they have done for me about three or four weeks in a row. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I'll start talking about this. I think I saw some great ring awareness from Britt. I don't know if many people picked up on this, like when she had to get her foot on the ropes when she was in a kind of tough submission to even move her body. She had to be in the right place before it and stuff. Um, Thunder Rosa is so good, and Britt did well at getting beaten down and just letting her go to town on her and show her show her kind of expertise. Um, always good storytelling in Britt Maker matches for me. There's always good. She takes it outside the ring a lot especially during breaks, but then she gives you something to watch during the break uh, with the stuff she does out there, um, like pushing Rose's head into the post or the other week where they did the makeup spot. Um, yeah, really nice air raid crash from Brett as well. Um, it was nice to see that. And uh, slightly sloppy finish, but Rosa sold it amazingly, like she was, like she was knocked the fuck out. Um, and I love that she didn't tap um, because part of me was going... You know, she got knocked out, and part of me, and she'd sold it like she was actually out. And I was like, "Oh, please don't just that, don't have a tap because then that would have been overselling." Uh, you know, please make it so that she is knocked out and can't answer the tap. Don't try and make Brit look strong just by having a tap when she was just a second ago knocked out. And thankfully, they didn't. Um, good, 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 solid match for me. Um, I don't know what you guys thought about it. Yeah, I was so hyped for this match. Um, the first time in a very long time, and I notice this every week, ev usually every week the women's match is the fifth match, the one before the main event. I don't know if any of you guys notice. It's usually every week that order. And this week it was the second match. So it's nice to see them mix it up. Don't know why they did it that way, but it was nice to see it. Um, but in terms of match, um, I love these two girls. Um, I think they are both actually my favorite female wrestlers in AEW. I, everyone knows I really like Britt. Um, I really love her character especially the development it's had in the last year and her wrestling has got better and Thunder Rosa. I never knew Thunder Rosa before she came AEW and I just think she's so badass. And to see them two wrestle together, I hope it's not over. 
I hope Thunder Rosa does something to Lee because that could have been a pay-per-view match. I was so hyped. It was such a good match, and Tom mentioned all the all the great spots. Um, yeah, I like I like the fact that you know it wasn't it was a very even match in my my mind. Um, it was I liked the technical side of it where Thunder Rosa you know is targeting the areas like the hand to stop from doing lockjaw. Love that element of it. Um, I actually really like the finish um, of knocking her out because I think that doesn't show a sign of weakness. Like Tom said, if she had tapped out, you'd be like... Well, and it means it's not over as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Like, so you it, to leaves, carry on for long yeah, it leaves an open end, and I just thought it was really good. I love having Reba, not Rebel, on the side because I just think she adds a little bit to it. Like when she tries to get involved and she gets scared away, that adds... I just love Britt Baker matches because of the pairing of, yeah, Reba, not Rebel, and Britt, and I just think Thunder Rosa is an absolute gem in the AW. Same as Serena Deep, and they have really, this year, as you mentioned it last year, 2021 really is the year of the women. There's not been a bad match, and I know we'll talk about the women's tournament coming up later, but I just think I can see it. I think they really, it was their New Year's resolution to fix it, and I think they're really doing, the only thing I think they've got to work on next is they've got good individual matches going. They've made them good matches. Now they've got to work on the storyline elements and maybe even like forming like tag teams and like faction sort of thing, you know, actually make them into bigger storylines, not just like immediate storylines, but they're definitely, definitely a lot of improvement. And yet the match for me, potentially one of the match nights, but I know we'll talk about that in the end. You make a really good point about factions, actually. You never really kind of noticed that AEW is a promotion absolutely chock-a-block with factions, and yet there's not a female faction. Uh, that would be kind of interesting. They I mean, unless you count the, the vicious vixens, but I, don't, I mean, they're just like a well, duo. No, that's, a, that's two. Yeah. I don't count a tag team as a, well, yeah. not even a tag team. Cause but the, the only other... Uh, which there was the Nightmare Collective. Yeah, yeah, but the only other um, <laughs> that, female that in... The storm. <laughs> that's it. The only other female in a faction is Anna Jane Dark Order, which obviously doing well. But I would love to see an all female faction. Yeah, but that's not a female, fa- yeah, exactly. But like, but like a badass woman faction, like involving like Get I know Rosa in there. Yeah, like Thunder Rosa and Layla Hirsch, and like all these kind of just you know, going to say Layla Hirsch. Yeah, but, but I just brilliant. think I just think AEW could do with it, and even you know I've, I don't even know who else should go in there, but it's definitely getting better. And yeah, factions another thing which. It takes time because AEW is a new company and they're only just kind of, they've still got stuff working on the men's. The women's is definitely a, like a thing that's, you know, growing. It's definitely a lot better. Um, but it's, it's getting there and I think everyone can see that. Definitely, definitely. Patrick, what were your thoughts on this women's match? Nothing real that much to add. You mostly said everything. Yeah. I can only say my opinion. Are you I also a fan like of it? Though, yeah. yeah, I was a fan of it. Like, uh, Really getting getting back to business after this shitty uh, sting se- sequence again. Uh, seeing some proper wrestling then again because it was a lot of mad wrestling. This is also what I liked from from uh, Britt Baker. Um, I, was sh- I was sure that Thunder Rosa was capable of it, but Britt also. So she definitely also improved her wrestling skills over the years. Not only my skills, but also the wrestling skills. I like the dirty finish that. Also, what Jack said that uh, she was knocked out and then couldn't tap out, or so that she wouldn't tap out to really. That was nice storytelling, and also uh, I think we haven't seen the last bit of of a match like this. Maybe they're stretching it a little bit until Revolution for a rematch or so, and then it will be even better than this one, I guess. Well, as Jack said, it could be a pay per view match, so um, you know you wouldn't be surprised to see it be a pay per view match. After that, we had Hangman Page and Matt Hardy versus Chaos Project. Uh, 
went to Jack first last time, and I just want to foster that anger about an appearance from Chaos Project, so I'm going to come to Patrick first. Patrick, what did you think about Hangman Page and Matt Hardy versus the Mighty Chaos Project? Let's stay positive on this one. Let's just address the nice things about it. <laughs> that was the storytelling. I'll, I'll tell you itself. what, Patrick, you do positives, <laughs> I'll do negatives. Let's go with that. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Let's just channel. I go with the positive things. Uh, it was storyline-wise a nice match. The storytelling in it was was fine. The um, Hangman Page's uh, uh, moveset and everything. Hangman Page was super quick and fast. Like, although he's a little more muscly guy, he's so fast in the ring. I was really really impressed by that. Also, Serpentico was doing a very good uh, good job again. He's really really. Uh, good. They should do a lot more with him in the future, so I can see a really good future in it. Also, um, yeah, I was I was thinking about that. Also, all, if they're gonna do a lucha tournament or at one point uh, like a cruiserweight tournament title for the TNT, also that would be perfect because you got so many in that division which shouldn't compete in heavyweight but should have like a nice tournament or title shot or anything like that and have more screen time on Dynamite itself and Serpentico's definitely. Uh, one guy who de- de- deserves that a lot and uh, yeah that were the positive things about it and the match was over which was also positive because it wasn't that long it was clearly a squash match but uh, I think um, the Chaos Project they are very good for squash matches so <laughs> now Jack can jump in <laughs> well um, I'll, I'll just come to you first and I'll give you my positives I'll do my positives with you and then my negatives with Jack uh, yeah yeah um, what were my positives about this match? Come on, I, I can do this. Uh, Hangman. Hangman had a lot of... Something I noticed from him in this match, he had a lot of stamina and energy. Um, I don't know whether that's just taking the benefit of a tag match and a short tag match at that, but the ability to do that over long periods of time, which is something Kenny Omega excels at as well, uh, and again, we said, oh, maybe it's because it's a tag match, but I remember specifically his match with Kota Ibushi against the Young Bucks at uh, Strong Style Evolved. That was just such a high work rate for about an hour. So it might have gone over an hour. I don't know if it had a time limit. but um, or No, it came very close to an hour because people thought it was going to be a time limit draw. It was like 55 minutes or something. Um, and it was just such high work rate that even though it was a tag match, you're like, wow, this is insane. And for me, that's if you had to distill what makes a good wrestler, because there are different types of wrestlers. You've got your technical wrestlers, you've got your high-flying wrestlers, you've got your brawlers. So what's in common that makes him a good wrestler? And for me, that's your stamina and your work rate and, you know, just your ability to keep... Storytelling's part of it, of course. But, I mean, this kind of reaffirmed our, our choice for me, seeing Hangman going... He came out of the box really hard um, to make him wrestler of the year. He's fantastic, and I hope this is his year. I mean, I think it'll be Kenny's year, but maybe towards the arse end of it, it can start to become Hangman's year and then Hangman's 2022. Um... Hardy tagging himself in. How do we feel about this story as well? Um, you know, it's it's consistent from what he's doing, and it adds to the story of him kind of using people. Jack, it's negative time. What were? Uh, come on, Mister Bad Cop. What were the issues with this match for you? I love that I am the negative Nelly because in my life everyone's always called me the just, positive just one. In this match. So it's, just it's in this match. But I just love being negative once. Um, can we just like? You know when you make an error on, like, a document or, like, Photoshop and you can just, like, undo it or you can just highlight it and delete it? Can we just do that from Chaos Project in AEW? Because I just don't just want... just all collectively agree that agree to just act like it never happened. Yeah, like... talk about it anymore. 
I swear, if they're in the AW game, I'm going to be so disappointed. Um, I'm, oh, they definitely like, will be. Oh, but I just, I just dislike him. Um, and I feel like I'm just a broken record, but I just feel like it needs to be sent. Patrick, I always appreciate your opinions. I think you've got some great opinions on this podcast, but Serpentico is not one of them. Me and Tom were talking about this earlier. I agree. And he's just an average wrestler. And it, I don't know whether... I think, he's, I think he's a cookie-cutter luchador, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think he's just a B-tech luchador. And I think the only reason he looks okay is because he's tagged with Lufa, who I just... You know what? I saw <laughs> there was a shot in the match of Lufa stepping out of the ring. I think he tagged Serpentico in. That dude is so out of shape. Like, you're a wrestler. You're getting paid good money. <laughs> this is literally your job. At least try to be in shape. Try to, like, trim up. Like, I don't care if you you're... can be out of shape. You can be out of shape if you're Joe Janela's not in the best shape, and he no. he he um he quite infamously just goes backstage and drinks a bottle of Jack Daniels, and Jack Daniels yeah. has a smoke yeah. has a smoke after a match. Um, possibly why he's never been booked into the big <laughs> spots, but uh, he can still go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, still, especially in his style of match. Luther can't go. He lumbers around the ring. Do you know yeah, what I mean? it's so, so... It's all well and good being big or being exactly. unhealthy, quite-unquote, but... No, and he's just so slow, and it's just any time... I was so close to fast-forwarding this match and just cut into the end because I knew the result. I knew it was a, just a, a storyline match for Matt Hardy and, um, yeah, Hangman, and I just couldn't be bothered. I genuinely don't think I could be bothered, like, watching them anymore and just put them... To, and you know what's so upsetting? is there's so many good tag teams in um, AW. Even on Dark, I've seen a couple that would kill for a spot like that, a match with Hangman and Matt Hardy. That deserve it. They're genuinely good teams. Like There was one that was in the Lumberjack match, which I saw. Yeah, who I just exactly looked good. Bear Country. Is that who you're thinking of? Yep. 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 Who just look like they could really be something different for AEW, and they deserve. I agree. I've got more to say about them later. Yeah. but I do agree. Yeah. That they uh, they they are they fit the bill. Yeah, and it's just so sad that they're wasting. It waste. It's not wasting away on dark because it's still a platform. But like you've got a tag team like that who are different. They're bigger lads. You you may say okay when you're looking at tag teams in AEW, maybe like um, Eva Luno is a bit of a bigger lad or Butcher and Blade. But these are like Otis from WWE um, size like blokes and um, units. Yeah, units. But they look cool and they're different. And you could just tell like, and there's others like Top Flight again. Like that, these these tag teams are just appreciating a dynamite spot. It's a platform to grow, and it's a platform. And it's just it's such a shame. Like Hangman, one of the biggest stars in AEW. Matt Hardy, one big. These tag teams up and coming would kill for a spot like that, and it's just being wasted on like a 50-year-old Japanese deathmatch legend, Lufa, and Serpentico, a B-Tech luchador. And I think that's all negatives. One positives, I really like the um, the ending with Matt Hardy tagging in and claiming the win and getting a pin because it added to the private party storyline and I like what they're doing there. That's my positive. The rest, yeah. I just want to, yeah, just delete Chaos Project from AEW and just forget that ever happened. Hashtag delete Chaos Project. I mean... Matt Hardy was in the match, but it's the wrong iteration of Matt Hardy, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah, I can uh, I can jump you... in there also for the yeah. the, the Serpentico thing. I yeah, I was agree... just about to say hold your yeah, horses. Yeah, right. I was just about to say, do you I, have I, a defense for for yeah, the not a real defense. I, I'm mostly like I uh, I agree on the point, maybe that he's not as good as he might be because I saw him before on Dark or so he was. Good, so I see more potential in him, but I also think like seeing seeing him together with Luther 
uh, drags his appearance down, like really down to the grave. Even he's dragging him with him into the into the grave, really, because uh, I see some potential in him, definitely. Um, but yeah, he d doesn't look good. Like the tag team together they're doing is rubbish. Is even nice said, but uh, Chaos Project is really, really, really bad. So that's Quickly, what I though, want to say. Their entrance music slaps. Does anyone else agree? Chaos Project's entrance music. I noticed. I was like, I hate that. I, I like really it. Paying attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I was also like, who's, who's that? Maybe Chris Jericho was responsible for it, <laughs> giving it to his friend uh, 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 Luther. But really, guys, like, come on, uh, this is so ridiculous. This this tag team is. This is. I don't know. This is even worse than like the Legends tag teams from WWE when they're coming in. This is so bad. Like. Luther is so out of shape, like really out of shape. He's so slow. Uh, he could. He, he had. He had a, a scripted botch. That's the good thing. I was already waiting to count the botches, but he had a scripted botch, which <laughs> is is something good. Maybe they put it in. Like, yeah, you you miss him. That's good. Yeah, you think you could do that? Oh yeah, I could do that. That's easy for me. I do that every week. Maybe I don't know. So it it's they're so bad, and the four minutes were way actually way too long to give them screen time um yeah really i i hate to say it i like the interview with luther on talk is jericho and so like i think he's a nice guy but just keep him as a producer or trainer in the background i wouldn't even say trainer because he trains them maybe then wrong i don't know it's, it's just so bad i haven't seen such a bad tech team in years including wwe really like yeah worthy well, winner for our worst wrestler of the year um maybe we could introduce the uh counting the botches and we'll have a segment every time he wrestles so we have something yes. to look forward to yes but just on their, dynamite uh, appearances. <laughs> just on dynamite yeah not watching yeah. Um, jack you can volunteer for that if you like it's not really volunteering if i asked you to do it but go and watch no, all the chaos no. project matches i, I bet i barely like watching chaos project on dynamite i'm never gonna look at them on dark right after that we had a segment about the women's title tournament and this was some much needed clarification before I ask you guys your opinion on it I will just reiterate that clarification we now know that one side of the bracket takes place in the US which explains why Riho was on that side the other side will take place in Japan now they haven't been clear about whether this will be on a different promotion such as stardom or something or maybe stardom will host it but it'll be aw presents and maybe it will also be on aw plus or they'll or maybe even on dynamite and they'll cut to a match that was filmed in japan it's exciting either way and the japanese bracket will be composed of aja kong yuka zakazaki apologies if i mispronounced some of these because some of them are new to me vini Feni, emi sakura Ryo Mizunami, Mei Suruga, Rin Kadokura, and Maki Ito. Uh, yeah, a few new names for me. Um, I will just say I do know who Mai Iwatami is, so, you know, I don't look so uncultured about Japanese wrestling, but most of them, uh, other than the ones we've obviously seen on AEW, will be new to me. On the United States side, we have Serena Deeb, Riho, Britt Baker, take on T, Thunder, Ro Thunder, Thunder Rosa. <laughs> I thought this side would be easier to, easier to pronounce. Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. I did it, guys. I'm through it. Um, yeah. What do you make of this bracket and this format? Uh, yeah. That, that First of all, the clarification was very important for me to understand it. 
um, how this works now. So this was also like, okay, now it makes sense that Riho is in the US block. But I was also thinking she might, she's in the US block or maybe in the US block because she is more uh, affiliated with AEW before or is maybe still under a contract with them. Um, yeah, I think now it makes more sense also with uh, seeing or thinking about the ending of the show that they're having a joint venture now with New Japan or the parent company where Stardom is also belonging to now. These seem to be all Stardom uh, wrestlers, so it might be a little more coming over there. This is where this came from, maybe. Um, also, same for me, Aja Kong, uh, Yuka Sakazaki and Imi Sakura are the ones which I know, the other ones never seen before. I'm, I'm not watching Stardom at all. I just know some I've of, of Stardom. I've tried to sign up to Stardom so many times, but their... It's hard, right? Their website... Yeah, it's hard. Their website isn't as easy to translate to English as New Japan World is. It might... Uh, New oh Japan for Wrestling World. It might right, have, well, they uh, Just don't make it changed. that somebody makes an English website for them. That's actually not that hard. <laughs> That's what they should really do. But, yeah... I mean, like it, it's it's a great promotion from some things I saw. Um, they should be way more open to the to the uh, Western world. Also, I think there's a lot of potential in it because uh, women's wrestling got a big push over the last years, and uh, they are definitely on the forefront there. And uh, yeah, like you also said, like it's I, I don't know anyone from them, but I'm really looking forward to uh, getting to know them because. I know there's a lot coming from it, and I like the Yoshi wrestling, the women's wrestling from Japan. Uh, they have a very good culture. They have very good trainers there, and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Who's also coming over in the end? I'm, I, I think it might be like uh, Yuka Sakazaki or uh, Imi Sakura, someone like this, who's coming in the end over to the US. Um, but let's Sakazaki, see. I reckon. Yeah. Um, just to just to go back on what you said about contracts. I think Sakazaki and Sakura are still technically on AEW contracts. I think they're on the roster page. Um, I don't know if their contracts are paused and they're just allowed to wrestle for stardom in the meantime. That's, I mean, don't quote me. That's the situation I think it is. And I think it's just literally just where people are located. Do you know what I mean? Like the Japanese side of the brackets because it's taking place in Japan. The American side because it's taking place in America rather than affiliations. Uh, I do agree with what you said. I know it's a little bit off topic but about stardom and how they can capitalize on getting popularity in the US you know the perfect time to do it would be Kairi Sane Kairi Hojo when she's going to do her kind of year tour there and she wants to go back and wrestle in Japan I don't know if she started that now or that's been put on hold because of coronavirus um, really should be more in the know about that but I reckon she could bring a lot of eyes with her do you know what I mean she's literally coming from the US to Japan she could literally bring viewers with her not not literally bring viewers with her you know what I mean um, Jack thoughts on the tournament yeah i've not got too much to add but i'm looking forward to it and i think it's good that they've done it the way they've done it with the J japanese side and america side because that means when it gets to the final and you've got the japanese wrestler and the america wrestler they, they've only got to you know try and get them both in the same country for that one match instead of you know um trying to mix america and japan and you know but i'm also looking forward to the amount of matches they've got and i'm hope like if you think there's Four matches on each side of bracket. That's eight. Yeah, so then four, two, one. This is my masses butcher. But I think that's 14 matches overall. Um, or no, 13. Masses not gone well there. Uh, but anyway, lots of good um, matches to look forward to for the women's division. Potential feuds starting, potential connections starting, obviously, which AEW is doing really well with impact at the moment. Um, and yeah, so it's nice to see that. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think the only problem I've got is rather Nyla Rose's spot go to someone else, um, like Penelope Ford or something. But, you know, 
I get that they like Nyla Rosa at AEW, so I'm not complaining. And she's facing Thunder Rosa, so I'm just hoping Thunder Rosa um, knocks her out first. Um, but yeah, lots to look forward to. Looking forward to f- discovering some new female wrestlers, following them, hopefully get to see them more in AEW after this. Um, but yeah. There's 15 matches, Jack. <laughs> I was close. I said 13-40. I was one off, one or two off. Um, but yeah, no, I... Uh... Agree with everything you said. It will be nice to see some people we haven't seen before, and just they're doing all the right things and making all the right moves in the women's division. Apparently, at the detriment of their men's division. Cough, sting, cough. But no, less said about that, the better. Um, next, we have a well, we had a Jericho, a Jericho MGF slash Inner Circle promo where they got was it was it Marvez again just popping up places who um, kind of wrangled them into an interview as they were going to celebrate with the boys um, and Jericho kind of went after Sammy after he stormed out and we had a little bit of intrigue where MGF said you know he wants to have a private convo that he wants to talk to the rest of the inner circle about and Wardlow got the door and closed us viewers out um, thoughts on this guys yeah I I loved it, it again we we so we say the word story all the time, but it does, it really does add to the story and adds that little bit of element. And I like the way they're treating the story. They're adding little bits at a time. It's like, you've got a big jigsaw and they're just giving you a piece each time and it's building up. Um, yeah, obviously in the match, um, Sammy went to super kick, uh, MJF, uh, MJF ducked and it hit, um, I can't remember who it hit in, hit in the end, but anyway, that obviously happened. And then you have the part where, Jericho ended up eliminating Sammy, whether by accident or on purpose, not too sure. But obviously the tensions are there, the fractions are there, and you can see it now. And obviously when you end up with this promo and the way it went, Sammy's saying, um, was it Jericho saying, talking to him as a collective, and Sammy then going, are we a collective though? Like It just seems like it's you and us. And yeah, so it's like you're the main thing. Um, and then obviously storming out and then MJF, yeah, telling Wardlow to shut the door. I think if you had to guess like what they're talking about, MGS obviously going to be bitching about Sammy to them. I think getting everyone to turn on Sammy um, is what I could imagine that conversation would be. But yeah, very exciting he stuff. He said it with Jericho out of the room as well, which I think is quite notable because Jericho is the leader of the inner circle. He yeah. said it while Jericho was out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Right after Jericho left to go after Sammy. So what else could he be saying? Could he be making a bid for leadership? Or Yeah, for sure. Know, what, what, what What's going on here? Absolutely. I, and I, did, int- I did say, sorry, go on. I was about to say it's just in, it's, it's fun watching Twitter afterwards because obviously when they're keeping in character, as Sammy tweeted a picture after the staging stampede at the inner circle and the five of them, and it was like in a black and grey like it was the past kind of thing. So it's a shame, but it's like they're looking back. But for from a fan and a viewer point of view, it's such a great story. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I suppose I suppose the problem with wrestling storylines is. They, I mean, especially in this kind of post-Kayfabe era, they can't really pretend they haven't seen stuff. So Sammy and Jericho can't pretend they didn't see them having a private conversation. You know, they they may have been able to do that before in the Attitude Era or whatever. Um, personally, I'm kind of, 
I'm kind of not a fan of it getting too meta and too real. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm okay with there being these invisible rules that are kind of laughable, like you know, like they're not all watching dynamite and stuff and pretend they. I was I'm okay with that because it it you're really restricting your storytelling opportunities if you if you say everyone sees everything. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, um, that was just a side note that popped in some head there. What I will say that was kind of a little bit of a negative to me was I didn't really think Sammy was coming from uh, a real legitimate grievance about the elimination because they were on different sides in that match. And if he, if Jericho had to, you know, they would have if they were the final two, Jericho was going to have to eliminate him anyway. So, you know, if if he eliminated him especially as part of eliminating someone else which was the case then you know get over it that's what they talk about in the Royal Rumble like you had you have Matt and Jeff Hardy facing off in the middle of a Royal Rumble back in the day do you know what I mean they're brothers they don't like oh we're brothers you're not supposed to beat the shit out of me afterwards it's like you know shake it off do you know what I mean that happens in Battle Royals so that it's just a very very minor nitpick but um, I'll come to you Patrick thoughts on this segment and the direction of this storyline yeah, I can jump into that directly. I think uh, Sammy was more more upset because it was a cheap shot uh, behind the back elimination instead of like a, like a forefront confronting elimination. But again, I mean, I there's no there's no get... room for honor in battle royals. Yeah, but I think that that's that's always like in in the storytelling the difference if you eliminate someone like like really cheap from behind or if you're just eliminating him like for face front. So I think that's the difference between it. This might be because he is pissed and he thinks everyone is conspiring like against him or he's the only one who's not buying into that. It might be it, but in general you're right because like why why is he upset that he uh, that he got eliminated from from a guy who who he's facing against in in the battle royal so yeah i can uh, also add the narrative here is uh very good they told that perfectly for me um yeah nothing to add really uh really looking forward to it because now it gets more clear and it's just a matter of time when they're uh, splitting up or when yeah when 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 the fronts are building within the inner circle like the uh, how do you say that with the marvel context uh, the civil war right <laughs> the civil war of the inner circle yeah. is building I, uh, I, I really like the Sammy Hager thing. Like having Sammy Hagar from Van Halen comment. It seems like every time they come out, he's showing a new video message. I think that's hilarious. I love that. Like if that's just part of their entrance is a video message from Sammy Hagar. It's just very funny. That was a little off topic, but as I say, it's, it's the most intriguing storyline for me that's solely self-contained in AEW and not branching out into other promotions. Next, do you guys hear wedding bells? <laughs> it was uh, the wedding. I know we were all excited about this. Well, I was. Um, I'm going to come to Jack first because I think he's going to be more positive about this segment. Thoughts on the wedding segment, Jack? I am, Tom. Um, can I can I get a negative out of the way before I talk positive? I know you came to me for the positive, but I Go do have one. Get it off your chest and uh, um, just, sunshine and rainbows. Just JR being creepy when Penelope Ford came out. I don't know if anyone else noticed it. Just like she is there, beautiful. Always looking good, like really just, in a in a like really like grandpa or yeah, yeah. really cringy way. Though, it's just uh, like yeah, he's at that age now. It just doesn't. But that, that's the only funny. Um, but apart from it, now I enjoyed it. Um, well, this just actually, to channel my inner JR. Where were where were the women in beach chairs? I was I was sorely disappointed. <laughs> that's that's every beach themed 
themed thing they've done. They've had the ladies in the beach chairs. <laughs> now they're gone. I blame I'm JR. A... <laughs> I blame JR for creating an unsafe work environment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, but talking about it, um, this actually took my wrestling wedding virginity. This was my first ever full watch of a wrestling wedding. So I didn't actually know what to expect. I mean, I know I've seen highlights of other ones, so I knew Like what in real to life, expect. I can say if you've seen once, you've seen them all. So. Yeah, I mean, um, but no, I thought I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was funny at times. I like Kip Sabian's ego. Like when it passed over Penelope to do her vows and he just immediately cuts her off. I thought that was... Do you was... notice he had fresh highlights as well? What a prick. Yeah. <laughs> um, he literally is. Um, but no, I thought, I thought it was good. Jerry Lynn walking Penelope out. Um, yeah, no, I, like, I liked it all. Obviously, the wedding was funny. I thought, I know you guys will... I think you were talking in our group chat. You knew who the guy who was um, do, doing, um, doing the wedding Um you knew yeah, him. Just cross over to Patrick quick. But I, I was going to say, can I just that. do this before you? Because I was, from my point of view, I didn't know you, and I thought he was a bit creepy. So you can talk about that when it gets to Patrick. I just want to oh, quickly. I, well, I didn't want to, you know. I, I thought it'd be nice to have. That. Don't let me step on your toes, son. Keep going. It'll be you. You be the main host. Come to me afterwards. No, say, no. Say fuck, fuck it. Fuck so it, I'd like to hear what you think. No, 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 no. no. Fuck it. I'm the editor. I'm um, just going to pop over. Come back again. Go on. Let's, let's, no, no. Carry on. Proceed. I apologise. I'm Patrick, sorry. Talk about what? What do they even call them? The people, the the vicar, the vicar, officiator. Yeah, talk to us about the officiator. I'm editing it there. Patrick! Oh, okay, you're done. <laughs> I'm oh. not done. We're just popping over to you. Oh, really? Okay, good. I was just confused because you were Jack's talking back and forth. Jack's commentating this podcast now. Okay, good. So, uh, yeah, you mean James Mitchell, the former manager yes, of Abyss the during the golden time of TNA back then. I was like, when I saw him, like, I know that guy. Who's that again? And then uh, I was like, yeah. And then... You found out uh, that it's James Mitchell, and then I was directly Abyss manager back from the days when Abyss was the really crazy hardcore guy, always having thumbtacks with him, and uh, yeah, I knew him, and I was but like, where the least... hell did they get him from? <laughs> at least he still has hair over his eyes, or so we might not have recognized him. Jack, would you like to finish your thought now? Yeah, no, I lost my train of thought. Now I was talking about yeah, he creeped me out a bit, but now I know who he is in the context. It's a bit better. Um, but no, yeah. No, it's, it, it, it doesn't really make sense. Why is he there? It's like it's like has Vicky Guerrero adopted Kip Sabian? Yeah, that well? was weird. As well. <laughs> it's, she, it's like, she it's like, out like his mum. Yeah, literally. I was just thinking that actually. Yeah, that was a bit weird. Um, but no, the, the wedding obviously was fine. Like you know, Kip Sabian cutting. I like how they stayed in character. Um, and then yeah, obviously the the main talking point uh, where they talk about the present. I like. Miro treating Charles Charles Taylor as an arsehole because he um when he was handed out the champagne and he's like you're working Charles and down tears and then took the other one then obviously talk about the presents because obviously the present behind looked like a human sized presence obviously beats that up um throws it on the ground and he's like Charles clean that up I I just love that arsehole Miro um but then yeah obviously that's when the carnage commenced and Charles ended up um chaining Miro to, to the ring the ring post and then out of nowhere this man on my t-shirt pops out of the cake it's like I planned it and yeah and I popped yeah I I, I mean we all knew OC was going to be there at some point but yeah I liked how yeah it was out of the cake and then Penelope's face 
and when they're walking off and they sold it really well on commentary saying that like she was actually crying and then um when they're walking back they were like um she did great fake tears yeah like, yeah especially especially as it was during fight when it really zoomed in on it was during the fight break when it really zoomed in on her yeah um I mean, they might have had it picture in picture in the States, but, um, you know, you, we criticised the camera work, but they caught that when she probably didn't even necessarily know she was on camera. Yeah. She, she had proper red tears in her eyes. It was really good. Really. And then, yeah, like I said, the commentary sold it well because I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something about remembering this for the rest of your life sort of thing because obviously the wedding is your wedding all this sort of stuff. So for me, very good. Well, not very good, just good. Enjoyed it. First wrestling wedding gone, ticked off. Um the only thing Take that annoys that's it. Only thing that annoys me now is it's still an open story, and it's just like, where do you go from it now? I thought this would have been a nice end to it, and something big happen in it. Um, obviously something big did happen in it, but storyline wise, I don't feel like they've moved. Except you know, Charles is free, and it's like, okay, so we're still going to have a feud between best friends and Kip saving and Miro. But that's all for me. I'd, I'd like. I'm interested to hear what you guys talk about now. I am muting myself. You guys go. Well, uh, we'll come to Patrick now, but first, let's start on uh, an inspiring note. What about that rendition of "What Is Love, Baby, Don't Hurt Me"? Don't <laughs> I heard the me. I heard the crowd do it to no begin more. with. It was so good. Yeah, and then I laughed really hard when I first heard them doing it. I thought maybe Miro was kind of inviting it the second time after he heard it go off the first time and didn't think it got the recognition it deserved. But even so, like it was hilarious. Yeah, that was cool because I was directly thinking when he was asking what is love and uh, I got it directly the melody in my head. So uh, we 90, 90s kids. Uh, but anyway, um, before coming to the bad things, I want to point out a good thing and I hope I don't get censored for it. But I liked how Penelope Ford looked a lot because it was not like overdone okay, or anything. It's okay, she's not take on tea. You won't get the song. Yeah, right. Okay, that's cool. I can talk about her. <laughs> no, she looked very good. Uh, in her dress, I like I liked the dress because it was basically her normal dress, just in white and with a, uh, how do you call it in English, like a neckline or so. Um, yeah. But other than that, it was just her normal dress. This is what I actually liked. And I actually also liked that Jerry Lynn was coming out as her father, in quotation marks, you know, because... Was that Jerry he, Lynn? That was Jerry Lynn. He looked completely like... He looked like, so like, different. I, I legitimately I thought that was her actual dad. That. I said yeah. that in my segment, that it was Jerry Lynn. Listen, no, Tom. Did I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't paying <laughs> Listen attention. Listen to your to co-host. Yeah. <laughs> I was Listen just. I was brother. just flustered from from the mutiny of you taking over the hosting duties of the podcast. I was. I was shooketh. Um, <laughs> yeah, Patrick. Uh, yeah. Do continue. You have some negatives, yeah. don't you? Yeah, Jerry. Jerry Lynn definitely looked some somehow like her father. Like he, he looks like a typical mid forties, fifties father right now. And uh, by the way, I love Jerry Lynn. Great matches back then, nineties, two thousand against uh, a Rob Van Dam in ECW. You have to have a look on it, otherwise you missed out a big part of wrestling history. Uh, but yeah, the marriage for me, like uh, yeah, the ceremony was just like completely average. I like the bits from Miro where it was just. Uh, pinpointing at WWE oh that's not my first marriage and I've seen worse and you know it's it's nice that they did that uh, this is the, these are the points which I like but in general it was pretty average it that was might just be my only me. complaint actually even though you liked to, to the thing you liked was the thing that thing that I wasn't the biggest fan of I'm not I, I think it comes back to what I said about Sammy and like them having to acknowledge stuff uh, you know, post kayfabe storytelling. Um, 
I, I wasn't a biggest fan of the meta, meta, the meta humor. Do you know what I mean? I think they could, they could just be cheesy sometimes. Do you know what I mean? I guess. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just yearning for the old days and I'm a bit nostalgic. But um, that's. I feel like you limit yourself in storytelling when you have to be, you know, post kayfabe. I guess when you have to be how they are being. Uh, speaking of kayfabe, they actually had that in their vows, didn't they? Um, yeah, right. Uh, and I also, you know, I also liked how JR was referring to that before the wedding. Uh, to have commentary. them to grope and then uh, to uh, kayfabe or lovers or something like that. That was also really good. Um, yeah, and, and also I liked that uh, uh, Kip Sabian uh, was a complete prick, which he is. Greetings to you. You will love me for that. Um, yeah, that, that was nice. But in general, like the whole ceremony, everything happening there was just like, uh, for me, a typical resting marriage, uh, like the we wedding, sorry, wedding ceremony. Um, it was clear that uh, OC was coming out somewhere. I liked that he was coming out uh, the cake and not the big uh, the big gift which was standing there, which was Miro already thinking. Uh, I also, I, yeah, I also liked that actually that they cuffed him up with the... Uh, uh, in, in in the ringside, I didn't I, I didn't see that at all. Like I was also like, didn't you get that when somebody puts that around your your ankle or so? But it, it was funny in some way. But in the end, it was just a resting marriage. Somebody like the 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 bride got her uh, face into the cake. That's completely classic. normal, I think. <laughs> That's a classic. And uh, yeah, it's it, tradition. It, I like it. You know, yeah, it's a tradition. It is what it is. So I'm not saying anything else for that. I'm just curious to see where the where the storyline is going to because I just hope it will be over at some point hopefully with a better match than the storyline is I hope this will this will be at least a good outcome of it but uh, yeah I, 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 yeah I don't care <laughs> I think they to elicit more emotion in this feud they could have treated Chuck a lot worse than they did um, because we haven't really seen him doing any um, kind of any demeaning jobs like the most they did was at this wedding when they got him to fetch them some mimosas or whatever do you know what I mean or champagne like like make him like scrub the floors or like make us make it like kind of Theon in Game of Thrones do you know what I mean like like you know Jesus that's treated him badly and then this goes straight that's okay, like, okay. how badly not do you want to treat guys much, not that much <laughs> <laughs> not that harsh. We're not going to castrate him on telly. That's uh, that's some that's literally has happened though in wrestling. So, <laughs> but that was a heavily criticised angle in WWF. Nothing um, new. Nothing new exactly. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's see him get just mistreated a lot more than he was. Because I mean, at the moment we're supposed to care about this big vindication, getting his own back moment. When what's the worst that's done to him? They've made him wear a suit and stood near them for two weeks. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's they probably they it's probably not bought some... him the suit as well. He probably got a free suit yeah. out of it. It's, what, <laughs> it's a holiday. What did you do to get this angry? I got a free suit. Yeah, it's it, it, they they needed to make it more demeaning. I think. Um, and and way more um, backstage segments in between. They should do like small yeah. ones where he has to do demeaning stuff um, to keep that going. But now it's just a side thing. He's just standing like a like a penguin in the background who's not moving. So that's that's like, just about like it. have 
have Kip and Penelope walking outside and there's a puddle or something, so they make... And Penelope doesn't want to get her feet wet, so Kip makes him, like, you know, kneel over the puddle, like, and she steps over his back or something like that, really just, just you know... To, and he'll be, he'll be sighing in his face the whole time, is like, you know... And then, you know, Miro's there and being threatening, and do you know what I mean? They could have, they could have done so much more with it. Um... Because I was actually when they made him his butler rather than his young boy, which was a really weird start to the feud. Um, I was actually pleasantly surprised and hoping they would do more with it. They haven't. This seems to be the kind of him rebelling. He's not going to be the butler anymore. Yeah, I, I was expecting more decent wrestling wedding though for me. That brings us on to a Shaq and Cody update. What we all tuned in for Dynamite for. Um, we had uh, we had a, a highlights of Shaq. Uh, on a TNT I don't know exactly what it was maybe one of you do um, a TNT uh, like post game show for the NBA or something like that it's or, called or Inside the NBA a, yeah or a, a talk show probably because I don't know if it's the regular NBA season at the moment but um, yeah um, Shaq demonstrated his apparently a finisher that he has which he called Black Tornado um, and it was it was the Judas effect, essentially, or or an Eddie Kingston backfist, but I think it was a Judas effect. I think it was his elbow, um, and then he seemed to do it again. It seemed to be like a completely different move. It just seems to be a strike. Do you know what I mean? Of some sort, um, and then his co-host seemed to get a bit mad at him for getting overexcited. I don't know whether they were acting or not, or whether they just thought the whole thing was as bizarre as we find it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say about this. It is what it is, uh, but I will ask you anyway, uh, Patrick thoughts i actually was on the toilet at this point so you just told me that he did this thing i was like this this week i was like nope this this gets the uh the uh the toilet treatment. yeah the toilet treatment is this week with this segment i didn't want to miss any women's match because there was a really good one this week and uh i was just waiting for a segment i was thinking of the wedding but i was like oh no the wedding might be too interesting uh, to see if something good happens. So yeah, I, he told me, and I just just read quickly over it on the internet. It's just like it, it's just a build up to the match, and uh, just for getting people over from uh, maybe from N NBA on TNT from the show or so to tell them, oh, Shaq is there, and some other people are more watching NBA to get them to the product. But in the end, it's just like I don't know, not my not my cup of tea. Jack, were you pleasantly surprised and found it a bit of fun or did you also wish you were taking a shit during this segment you know when i said um darby and sting was probably the worst moment of the show this might have been actually yes it's up there and but the only good thing to come out of it in my opinion was the fact that some reason in my head i was thinking it was going to be one of the matches at revolution so to find out it's just on an average dynamite and someone in march made me pleasantly surprised but nah, not looking forward to the match. We're all still done out here with it, and we just want it gone, uh, like Chaos Project. Um, but I, I did manage to get a laugh out of it when, yeah, like you said, he was being over, over enthusiastic with his finisher on the show, which made me laugh because it was like he was knocking over the screens to protect um, each other yeah, from COVID. So, I mean, so, it can't yeah. be the worst moment of the week because it was something redeeming. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Derby win, Derby and Sting win the worst moment of the week. This comes runner-up, in my opinion. <laughs> the shocker of the week. Thank you, with this scream. Sorry, uh, sorry. Shocker, shocker of the week. Shocker. So that takes us in to... Eddie Kingston versus Lance Archer. How aggressively did this start? Million miles an hour. Um, let's come to you, Jack. Thoughts on this match? 
Yeah, I, I was a big fan, but I, I knew I was always going to be because I enjoyed last week's match. Um, yeah, it was it was a nice sight. I like um, the fights breaking out on ringside when, you know, when they actually, instead of doing the job to the Lumberjacks, they just attack. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, honestly, I've not got much to say um, about this match. I think at this at this point it was like it was quite a really fun filled show really. So I was still I think at this point I was like kind of overwhelmed. But no, I thought it was a good match. I'm glad Lance Archer got the win. That's one all now, so that's open for another match, I think. Yeah, good match. Not match of the week for me. Um, but it's a good match overall. Love the lumberjack style with it. Um Lance Archer's just an absolute machine. I like the bit though where it um looked like he was about to uh drop uh, what, what's his finisher called again, um, Tom? Uh, who? Lance Archer? Black, blackout, blackout, that's it. Oh, when um, he was about to hit it on... Um, Ali, yeah. yeah. When he was about um, to hit it on... Um, yeah, Bunny. Ali, yeah. Um, so that that was quite good. So Bunny. Again, yeah, um, good good kind of story. I think it's open for more. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just a good match for me. It wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't a great match, but I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I love both guys. Okay. Well, I thought it started... Very good. Um, it turned out okay, but I thought it started fantastic. Patrick, thoughts on this Lumberjack match? Um, as strong and fast as it started, uh, so much it dwindled away also quite quick. So I was in the end disappointed exactly from the match because it, it was really good start. Like, yeah, you did, the camera wasn't even ready when Lance Archer stormed out. I loved that about him. Um, they're, they're giving him now also the screen time and presence again that he should get. Um, and also the character he is supposed to be, that was cool. Uh, what was also, I, I found it funny that uh, uh, Jake the Snake, uh, who did, did he like uh, someone, he closed lined somebody away, I don't know who it was on the outside. Oh, it was um, Jack Evans, he closed lined him away. But the camera did hit it like some kind of way, so the camera in this uh, context also like uh, not that good of a direction the camera switched back to it and then he was laying down there and was just petting uh, 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 Jake Evans uh, belly like yeah well done boy or so and was was uh, was 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 smiling so uh, but th that was kind of funny and I like Jake the snake now having him there uh, but yeah about the match it was really strong fast start then the speed decreased 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 and then the finisher was great to see even seeing it perform on a uh, I wouldn't say chubby but a little more uh, you know a little more weighing guy um, that Eddie Kingston is um, but uh, I'm also very much hoping for third best of three final match hopefully really hopefully you can put these guys together in a cage with a lot of weapons in it please some match like this I want really I'm, I'm, I'm really starving I want to see a cage match something where they're destroying each other completely because these two guys who else than these two guys can do it now really like in this uh, stipulation they're in almost right now so please give this to us give us finally another cage match I want to see somebody die please yeah, I agree with you that it fizzled out after an amazing start. It started so violently in the way they just went for each other, and uh, it, it didn't even get to the everybody dies bit before they were locking up and pounding the crap out of each other. This we've talked about like what's the what's the match you would recommend someone to introduce them to technical wrestling. If someone asked me what a brawler is, I'd show them this match. Do you know what I mean? Just really selling your violence, really selling aggression rather than any specific wrestling style. Um, and I thought the Lumberjack match really added to it. Like when Billy Gunn um, 
threw Eddie Kingston back in the ring and Eddie Kingston got out of the ring he thought he was just going to go for revenge on Billy Gunn but no he, then he looked at him and then went for Ryan Nemeth and it's like it's like why did he attack him and it's like just because he's full of aggression and adrenaline do you know what I mean he's got so much anger at the moment and that really sold it for me that he's just randomly attacking Lumberjacks back just because he's Yes, do you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, oh, I feel it, I feel it, and it was electric. It did fizzle out a little bit. Um, I do agree with you there. Um, it's still a decent match. Bear Country. I told you I wanted to come to this. Look great. I'm excited to see them. I know people are excited about them and want to see them on the main roster. Fully agree with that. I just wish they'd stop introducing people as if we already know who they are when it's the first time they've been on television, like Jade Cargill or. But, you know, even ones who I like the look of, like Bear Country, correct I me did, wrong, they've not, no, they've I not did, hit on Dynamo before, have they? No, and I did notice commentary, we're talking about all these people on the side from Dark as if we were meant to be familiar with them. Meant to be familiar with them. It's Again, it's a problem with AEW. And I've got no problems inserting people in big spots where they've, you know, not been established before as long as you act like they're strict and total strangers like they did with the shield when the shield debuted uh in in wwe um I, I, did they take out ryback i think possibly it was in a match with cm punk because there was a lot of mystique about are they cm punk's henchman but i think it might have been ryback that they put through a triple powerbomb through an announcer's table at i want to say TLC or Survivor Yeah, it was Series. TLC it? 2012, TLC. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was back then. That's why I get paid the big bucks, which is yep. no bucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, good, decent match. Could have been a could have been an amazing match. Uh, let itself down a little bit. It could have been a match of the night. Uh, after that, we had a promo from FTR. Um, it looked like they were in a trailer. Uh, at the beginning, I was thinking, where the heck are they? It started to make a bit more sense later on. Turns out they kidnapped Marco Stunt. Love this. This was We're talking about me loving um, Attitude Era storytelling throwbacks. A kidnapping? All for it. Where do we stand on this, guys? If I'm honest, I, I kind of forgot a promo, but now you mind me of Marco Stunt. I don't know what they're doing with the story, because we've already had a, we've had a Jurassic Express versus FTR match. We've had a Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood match. I mean... What's left to do? A Luchasaurus versus Cash Wheeler? I mean, I feel like... Cage match. I feel like um, at Revolution, they'll have a FTR versus uh, Jurassic Express, which definitely would work because it's first versus second in the um, in the rankings. But I just... You know, sometimes I always feel like once they've had the match, I was like, they needed a bit of time before a rematch. And would we still get the same outcome? Are they trying to still sell FTR as being like the one of the best tag teams or are they trying to push Jurassic Express in recent weeks it feels like they've been pushing Jurassic Express I, I really don't know so I'm going to hand this over to you guys who might be able to make some predictions and see where the storyline's going to go well I will just say I think action oriented presentation of wrestling has kind of conditioned us to you know say oh what match is this going to result in rather than just looking at a storyline segment like this and thinking where is this going to go storyline wise and like they've kidnapped marco stunt jack don't you don't even have to be thinking about matches right now marco stunt's life is in danger he's been bound and gagged he's in an undisclosed location <laughs> being held against his will yeah like, wrestling's it's not even about wrestling right now they just want to see their friend again patrick. oh we need marco Thought, back <laughs> oh, we do thoughts patrick i also love that like a lot is uh, 
Yeah, this 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 vintage bad guy style, just kidnapping someone, cuffing him to the chair or whatever. That was uh, it's ridiculous. Of course, it must be poor Marco. Um, I also liked it that they uh, that they took Marco, of course, and uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus were in the match without him. Maybe they took him then. It's like a little story telling in there. I also for uh, 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 flashing back to that also again. I like that. Uh, Luchasaurus was wearing the mask without the horns, with the cut of horns on it. So that was also very nice. When they keep, was uh, he? Yeah, yeah, he was wearing it like that. And uh, if they keep on doing this stuff, like in the end, I hope for also like a big match on Revolution. Maybe uh, I don't know where where it will be going then, but um, it could be also a nice match. I don't want to make it sound rid ridiculous saying that it is, is also potential cage match, but like a special stipulation match would be very nice. Um, I feel like for you, Patrick, every match should be a cage match at this point. You seem to, you seem to just <laughs> they really have want to a use cage the cage. Match. And I know for sure that they think... just don't have one cage, they have two cages or one big cage. So it must come at one place. So <laughs> I think what you may be looking for is UFC, Patrick. I think UFC is pretty boring, but that's <laughs> yeah. another podcast. Uh, so. <laughs> who would have known? But every match is a cage match. Yeah, but then to it's, fair, then it's like TLC it, or so. Then it's like then it's like TLC when you have every <laughs> and not uh, hell in a cell pay per view. When you make a pay per view out of it, then you know now Makes this is what, what AEW now achieved for me. I want to see a cage match. I want to see this special stipulation now finally. Also the um, the blood and guts match, which we also didn't get because of, of COVID. We this is what I want to see now. But there. Yeah, they. I think they are just waiting for the crowd to be back. Um, What's stopping them doing that's it That's the thing I'm that's looking forward I'm to. Why can't they? Is this? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is Daily's place not really built for two rings and two cages? Perhaps I don't, I don't know. know. I, I feel. I feel I like know. why can't you just do it now? Yeah, it should be Probably, doable. I guess. To be fair, but, it's quite a... Yeah, but um, that, that's the thing. Uh, just speaking out of like the context from from the show now is what i'm looking forward to or what i like about aw now that they can tell uh, the special stipulations add them in and you're like yeah i'm really excited for this and not like wwe oh we're good we're gonna make a whole pay-per-view out of it we're giving you 20 matches a year from it so that's the difference which i like a lot and just waiting for as you can see i'm craving for it well the thing with wwe is they made me miss regular pay-per-views i you know i, I miss backlash don't you Especially with the the, pay, the the special stage where they used to have the blade swing in. That was was dope. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. Um, and also, New Year's Revolution was also quite good back then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they're having NXT Vengeance now to talk about something else. So they're introducing old pay per view. Wasn't Vengeance there. a WWE show? Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, not. used to be like. Wasn't Vengeance a UK only show to begin with? No, I don't know. That's so. But Vengeance was. I might be in thinking the, of Insurrection. Uh, yeah, maybe, but no. Vengeance was in the ruthless aggression era. Was was a pay per view held then? Yeah, no. After after was it after WrestleMania or was Backlash after WrestleMania? Backlash was right after WrestleMania. It was the Backlash to WrestleMania. Essentially, was what it was named for. I think. Yeah, but then Vengeance was then after Backlash. I think it was or it, yeah, it was before SummerSlam. Yeah, it was the one in between. Oh. That brings us on to a quick thing to talk about before the main event. Uh, I know we're all itching to talk about that. A Joey Janela promo. Um, all I could think of when Joey was talking, and I love Joey. Again, this seems to be like a prerequisite. We have to say that before we say anything negative about Joey Janela. Because he's Joey Janela. You know, he's uh, 
founder of GCW. He's a, is he a founder of GCW? He might not be. I might have just made that up. But he's a he's a uh, he's a key figure in GCW and a, a big you know thing about the indie revolution and WrestleMania weekend. Fantastic lad, absolute legend. What the fuck has he done to earn this? <laughs> like, when they put so much stock on rankings and then just give say rankings don't matter by giving giving somebody who's not even been on TV in ages a a shot. Like, what's going on? Yeah, completely can uh, completely agree with it. Uh, the promo was also too short. It was just, it was not good. It was just too short. And if people are tuning in now who haven't been there for like half a year or just first time, they're like, who the hell is that? That's the thing you said before also. You cannot expect that everyone knows everything about it and around it. I think they just gave him also some time off because of the last... Uh, uh, GCW events where he was part of and I think he organized also a lot like this 24-hour marathon from last weekend and so but um, it's it's just yeah it's, it's just also with the ranking system why are they putting him in there again he clearly hasn't wrestled for a long longer time on AEW either it's dark or or dynamite itself so that's just it's just lazy storytelling this time like I said, for a company that puts so much stock in their rankings and then you turn around and do this, it's inconsistent booking, isn't it? Jack? Yeah, so I already obviously briefly touched on it earlier when we were talking about Darby Allen moment. But yeah, I think lazy storytelling, um, you know, he, he, I don't like these matches where they're just sprung upon us with no context and no background. It's just a warm-up match for Darby for a revolution. But just when you were talking about rankings right now, I thought let's have a little look. Um, at the top five, John Moxley, um, obviously storyline is that whole, I, I feel like it's going to be a revolution um, main eventer. Cody has got some wasted, obviously, storyline with Shaq, but that's what he's doing at the moment. Ray Phoenix, oh, is he? he's probably more world, world title than TNT. Um, Miro, you, definitely Miro could be, I mean, Miro, again, probably more world title than TNT, but, and then Pac, again, world title so I feel like the top five, this rankings, obviously, which they put the inc- basically, I'm not backing up AW here in any, but their top five at the moment are all too big for the TNT title. But that doesn't mean, you know, throw in a Joey Janela with no context. You, I feel like Ricky Starks, if they're doing this whole team, Taz, that could be like a next TNT because he's faced Brian Cage. They want to throw someone else at him. Um, but then again, obviously, you've got a revolution. But I feel like there's better matches and better context matches you could have rather than Joey Janela's back. He's not he's last time we probably saw him Dynamite was when he was tagging with Sonny Kiss. Then he goes for months and he's back all of a sudden in a title match. I just think even if you are gonna eventually give him a title match, maybe give him a match or two on Dynamite slash before or for a bit of, you know, build up to the title match to make it seem worthy. It just seems like yeah, what you guys said, lazy storytelling. It was like they just randomly generated a wrestler from their roster to have a TNT title match, and it just so happened to be Joe Janela. Could have been anyone. They could have even done a bit where uh, just a little kind of segue where someone was like, Joey was wanting a title shot, but, uh, you know, uh, he's talking to maybe Matt or Nick Jackson or someone who's uh, in a vice presidential or something that sort of role but not tony khan who'd be too serious for it um and then make a bet with him like if he wins x amount of matches during his gcw thing if he wins all his matches or something because again then 
they could promote GCW's event, which was a fundraiser. It was a charity fundraiser. So, like, if they're, you know, if they're going to promote GCW, that's the time to do it. Do you know what I mean? They're not actually... You know what I mean? So, um... You know, they could have done that. You could have said, oh, hey, you're putting on a big 24-hour show this weekend. You win, you know, you say he's got more than one match, so you win all your matches, give you a title shot. How's about that? Just to shut him up or something like that. And he's like, all right. And then that gives people, you know, it gives puts some shines a light on that as well. Um, another thing I was thinking of is why not just have rankings for the titles rather than, like, a men's and a women's ranking. Like they used to do on the WWE Universe mode in games. You used to have your... your Agreed. Each ...individual title. And... Uh, and it doesn't mean that people can't be on both. I mean, I know there's there'd be some sort of uh, some sort of algorithm they could work out where you know this is why some people are on both and this is why not. They don't have to explain to us what it is, but uh, you know it served the WWE games fine. Like sometimes you'd have people on the US title and the world title kind of rankings, or sometimes they'd just be on the world title, just be on the US. And there was there was some science behind it, some maths behind it. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm sure it's not beyond the minds of AEW. Any final thoughts on that, Patrick? Oh yeah, just looked up. Uh, his last match on Dynamite was sixteenth uh, of December. The uh, World Title Eliminator match against Kenny, and then his last dark match was on the twenty first of January. So, yeah, so much about like yeah, ranking system and everything. Right. Well, brighter things. The main event. I know you guys are itching to talk about what happened after the match, but we gotta we gotta be good. We gotta be patient, and we gotta talk about the match itself, which was very good, I think. Um, I'm sure you guys will too. I mean, they can't can't put out a bad match, can they? Um, Jack, why don't I come to you first? So I make this podcast explicit on the website we distribute. So I'm gonna say this: this match was my wet dream. This match literally, <laughs> it was like. Someone it's not went. Explicit, Jack. It happens to us all. You know, it's, <laughs> but it was like, a, it's, it's a normal like... <laughs> bodily function for a growing boy. Don't you be ashamed. <laughs> but it was like someone went in my head and just picked out like my favourite wrestlers, and I was just in love with this match. Um, I just enjoyed every second of it, and I don't think there was a, a bad point in the match. I think I loved the entrances. Obviously, Kenny. Kenny's entrance was obviously difficult for his norm back cry. I don't know if they changed that or they just done that a joint one with the Good Brothers. It sounded um, a bit like AJ Styles era Bullet Club uh, stuff, you know. Da, 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 yeah. Oh my God, yeah, it was a bit thing, different. You know? um, it was it was very Bullet Clubby. I don't know if that might still be the official. But to be fair, song, but... I wouldn't mind um, if it did stay because it it senses that change in obviously character in Kenny. So maybe a new. Even though I loved Battlecry, um, but there was that, and then I loved the Pack and Phoenix coming out together in the stands, and then Moxie comes, and then they all like kind of high five each other, and then they all go down together and get everything started. Did you notice they're called Death Triangle? But when they did the hand signal, it was more of a square. They were Death Square. <laughs> Death Square. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe Moxie joins. Yeah, maybe he's the corner, and and Penta back at home is the other corner, and I wouldn't together mind. they're Death Square. I know Mox is obviously a lone wolf, but maybe... It, it, I mean, it could work. A death triangle yeah, sounds no, cooler, not, I'm not, I don't want to see Death Square. Carry on. <laughs> I just, want Death Square. Hashtag Death Square. Um, but no, in terms of the match, high work, great. You know, really fast. Everyone looked great. Um, Doc Gallows, obviously, is just an absolute unit, and they talk about it on commentary every time he's in there. Just the, the size stature between... I loved that it. it was like Pack of Phoenix when they're there. Obviously, up against Doc Gallows, that size difference. 
tagging Mox, and Mox is willing to take on anything, anyone, and I love that spirit. And he, he called out Doc, didn't no, it's not Doc, yeah. sorry, Luke, Luke Gallows. And sorry, yeah, Luke Gallows. Um, but yeah, and no, like I was I said, saying Doc Gallows, it's my fault. Um, but yeah, high work, great, everyone did their bit, everyone looked good, um, and there's, yeah, obviously we're not going to jump straight to them. It's so hard because you just want to. But in terms of match, really big fan. Like I said, just just enjoyed it. Arguably match of the night um, for me. Yeah, everyone was brilliant. Pack and Ray Phoenix just showing their, their – they worked so well together. But, yeah, I just think everyone in that match was perfect. Great match, as expected to be. A great main event for – the event and yeah that's what i'll finish on that before we talk about the exciting end almost felt like uh phoenix and pack were competing at times like they both hit a standing moonsault didn't they i think phoenix's was slightly cleaner um but is to be expected it would make us look silly for making him the high flyer if he was outflown by pack though pack is obviously a total all-rounder and he's much beefier so <laughs> it's a little unfair um yeah no patrick Thoughts on the match itself? No talking about after the match. That's, uh, that's to come afterwards, you're forbidden. That, that's, that's actually added to your not list the hardest part. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually not the hardest part because I would love to give the women's match uh, the match of the night uh, trophy, but this main event was just fucking insane, really. Thanks for the explicit tagging, but... Uh, no, fucking the, insane is the only way you can describe it, for sure. fucking insane, fucking hilarious. What, like, the rate of... of, of great moves it was just everything was point on point there was no botch in it it was the speed was so high it's just hilarious also how um uh, how phoenix is throwing himself out of the ring like uh, the uh, tope suicida he does in it pretty to the end of the match where he just jumps out he almost jumps uh, jumps over doc gallows so uh, i was like what is going on with him is he on on cocaine or what this match was so fast paced is the first match I've ever watched on Dynamite since we started doing this podcast where I had to stop my note-taking because uh, I was missing anything. I was missing something every time I took my eyes off it. So, But uh, one thing I do want to point out as well is Moxley, something I noticed in this match, and is he has a signature movement, the way he moves around the ring with his shoulders and his head movements and stuff. And that's something I've noticed that all the greats have. You know, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, they all have a signature way of moving. Um, Chris Benoit had it as well, if we're allowed to mention him. <laughs> yeah, it's our podcast, we can if you want. Um, you are allowed, I already have on another one anyway. Yeah, oh yeah, true. No, you're just not allowed to talk about his whether he should or should not be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Let's talk about his all love career. It's almost the same for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to come up. You mentioned his name, it's going to come up. Yeah, no, um, but yeah, I, I think that really, to me, that's like a sign of a true great in Moxley with the the fact that he's walking around, you're like, oh yeah, that's Moxley. You could look at, uh, you know, it's when you could look at a, a guy in like a green skin suit or something or like, you know, a, a blank kind of, all over spandex suit or something, or create a wrestler kind of kind of model on uh, on a wrestling game, and see him moving around and say, "Okay, that's John Moxley." Like he's he's just got presence. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, fantastic stuff. One downside was, and it was absolutely nothing to do with the in ring action, was the crowd trying to get a Seven Nation Army chance like style chant going uh, that didn't it didn't match the song for beats. I think it was oh John Moxley. It was like no, it was like. 
let's go, Moxley. That was it. Oh, let's go, yeah. Moxley. Yeah, was there was a little too much. Like I, I, I don't like how they're just, or or Austin Gunn maybe tries to force these crowd chants because I like more yeah. when it's like, especially British crowds, when it's more organic coming from itself well, that, through, throughout it and not same. like a couple is staying in front of there and just cheering everyone up. This is like, uh, I don't like that. That's what I mean. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Seven Nation Army chant was like kind of originated as a British kind of sports chant, I think. Obviously, it's not a British band, the White Stripes, but um, like Jack will know what I mean. Like, Robin Van Persie or Michael Van Gerwen, and they do do it for people whose names doesn't. Yeah, have massively. As well. It was like it was like the Killers. They it just just adopted over here more than America. It's probably bigger over here in America, sort of thing. Anyway, because we just we Brits find something that has some sort of rhythm to it, and we can make a song out of, and we just roll with it. Yeah, so it's like, oh Robin Van Persie, oh Michael Van Gerwen. Do you know what I mean? It's like it can't. You can't. That we can't go. Oh, let's go. It's like, you know, it's it hasn't translated very well. Um, but yeah. But other than that, I mean, amazing stuff. The Phoenix kick when he uh, when he when they were running in they were running the train in the corner and he did that kind of kicking off the ropes and spin kick. That was the that was my Phoenix moment of the night where he does something that I haven't seen before. Um, yeah, no, great stuff. Massively, massively, he's awesome. The, that was the last spot that I. Uh, that's the last spot that I actually recorded on my notes because it just got too fast paced for me to, uh, for me to keep up with recording. Any further thoughts on the match, Patrick? Uh, my favorite spot was the what was it four fifty splash from from uh, from Puck. Uh, yeah, yeah on the during the, was on the Phoenix. No, I think it, it, did he do it on Phoenix who was laying on Kenny? I thought it was on Moxley or on on Kenny was on Moxley. I don't know. I, I don't know who was yeah I think I, I also don't know who but this was this was great just really yeah it was Kenny laying on Moxley right that's exactly yeah. and then on he was doing it on Kenny and then they were both like holding Kenny was holding his back um, Park was holding his, his, his tummy and then <laughs> Moxley just got up is like oh I, I'm good although he should be the one who was the, uh, hurt the most because he was <laughs> he was on the bottom but no just, just kidding this was really really good this move I was like wow great really so yeah that was just awesome the match really but um yeah no i think there's this moment where they're doing the aerial shot of these three guys um with excalibur saying unbelievable he kind of channeled his inner um marco marco mario what's the name of the nxt commentator ronello um moro 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 ronello moro ronello yeah um that was a very moro ronello call and just thinking these kind of these guys, you know what I mean? Like when Pac was just being squandered and them trying to let, you know, not letting him out of his contract in WWE and uh, Mox was Ambrose and was unhappy and Kenny Omega was outside of that company doing, you know, being the best in the world. And then, you know, you see these three come together. It's like, oh, just wrestling's so good right now. When you see, you know, when, when you hear Excalibur shouting that and see these three together, it was just, it was dope. I'm gonna let us talk about it now. I've decided. We're allowed. Jack, let's come to you. You get the distinction. After yes, that. I get to go first. Oh my god! Right, don't, I... get, don't jump the gun. Lance Archer came out first. Oh god! <laughs> I, I I feel you like you know what? Skip it. Skip it. Yeah. Right. Actually, to be fair, the Lance Archer thing was cool because it then leads to what's happening next week, which is a social exclusive, which I'll talk about after. 
But yeah, Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Do it. And then what the fuck happens? Someone comes, attacks Moxley, takes off his face mask, nice fitting, COVID face mask, takes it off. It's fucking Kenta. There you go. I want that as like a soundboard. That it's made Kenta. It made me pop so hard. I I don't often pop at Dynamite because sometimes it's spoiled on socials. Um, I know what's coming and that sort of thing. But this genuinely made me pop because it was like we've all dreamt of. So we've we've had the Impact kind of collaborations. That's cool. We've had the AAA, um, yeah, collaboration. Uh, we've had the NWA with the women's. But every, the one everyone always talks about, wouldn't it be so cool if New Japan and AEW collaborated? Wouldn't that be so cool? And then we've had so many discussions about dream matches. And I don't know if we're just jumping the gun there because, you know, I know they've got their match at um, at the new beginning, Kenta and John Moxie for the IWGP. No, nope, the is it the IWGP US? Yep, title, there we go. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah you've done it. Done I know my wrestling now. I'm getting there. Um, but no, but just to Proudly see... Bet. Just to see a new Japan star in AEW that's not already contracted to AEW was just the best feeling. And my like whole like wrestling dream just like flashed before my eyes, as did probably everyone. Um well, that everyone... was a, that's I'd say that was a significant part of the pot because Kentner cannot be understated, is a big, big star. He's a big, yeah. big star. He's not the biggest star. He's not Naito, Ibushi, Okada, or arguably Jay White. He's probably on a part yeah. with Jay White, maybe. Um, maybe a little bit under, because he's not the leader of the Bullet Club, do you know what I mean? Um, but he's he, he's top ten, easy top ten. Yeah. But it wasn't so much who it was, although it was a big part of who it was, because, like I said, he's a big star. Yeah. It was, it was this is... The start of something. ...from New Japan. Yeah. This is... You know, uh, AEW have been kind of sh- putting it out there. Tony Khan's been shouting it out there. Everybody's welcome here. Everybody come to AEW. Yeah. You know, cross over with us. And it's at this point, it's been like he stood on the edge of a cliff shouting into the darkness and doesn't know where anyone's coming. And yeah. then just this fucking ship charges into the cliffs and fucks everything up. And that's Kenta. It's just cool because everyone's working together. Obviously, WWE's like on their own island. Everyone's working together. And that last piece of the puzzle you want to see collaborate is New Japan. And then just saying, yeah, it, like you said, Tom, it wasn't so much who it was, it's what it kind of stood for and the possibilities now. Jack's on the deck, but then he makes a hot tag to Patrick, who comes in hot. Let's go, Patrick. Tag. Okay, good. So, <laughs> uh, I have to say I got spoiled. Uh, stupid me, I was on Twitter this morning and my Twitter timeline was completely full. But I was very happy when I saw this. So, it's it's really uh, so so nice, really. Um, that's the forbidden door that opened that everyone talks about. Uh, it's it's a good step also to bring in uh, Kenta from the Bullet Club, which is very important in this constellation. There's some storytelling yeah, going it, on there, isn't there? With uh, yeah, I think I think Kenny should have tried to too sweet him. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, that's 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 true. Also, still uh, that the Good Brothers are there. That uh, that would have fitted perfectly. But anyway, this leaves the door open to so many. Uh, dream matches coming maybe maybe they're doing it maybe overdoing but the thing you also pointed out before is like just realize that the probably the three biggest promotions in the world are uh, all teaming up together and there's just wwe on the other other side of it and uh, they're getting well, a little bit surrounded by them i would say maybe pressured also i don't know um but that's that's super interesting to see so it's a great 
time to be a wrestling fan, especially the last years. But now this coming up all together and uh, they don't have an official, um, I think, um, partnership with AAA anymore. But I think That's they will still cross. Yeah, it's a shame, but they will still cross over a, a little bit with them, I, I guess. Still, since Kenny is still the mega champion, so that's just thinking about this like the fourth biggest promotions teaming up together is actually bigger than WWE itself, like way bigger. And uh, there's so much potential, also. On, on the other side, I was also thinking for AEW getting into the Japanese market and now njpw bringing their weekly show to the us um it's it's just great you know like i'm i'm so happy i didn't pop that big but when i saw it i was just like more relief we're like yeah finally come on guys this was that was overdue uh put all the maybe negative thoughts everyone was interpreting into it aside uh maybe it was uh harold kumai was his name the the former ceo of uh, njpw harold no harold he had like a short name. Do you say Harold Kumar? Like Harold yeah. and Kumar? Ku- Kumar. <laughs> he had something. <laughs> he had, he's a Dutch guy, so I, I thought about something. <laughs> no, it was like Harold May or something. Hold on. Harold, yeah, Harold Mage. Mage. M-E-I-J. That's nowhere close to Kumar. Kumar, okay. Kumar, you're thinking of Harold and Kumar. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's <laughs> Oh, Another amazing. After Bleacher Roll, now Harold Kumai. My God. <laughs> Harold Kumar reporting for Bleacher Roll. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, good. But anyway, uh, yeah. After all the, 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 the changes in the uh, in the CEO roles or so at NJPW, if there might have been bad blood between them or so the, for, for the elite leaving for uh, AEW, I don't know. Like Now it's hopefully all set apart and they're teaming up also benefiting together a little bit when they're working together uh, during the COVID times to deliver great matches for people not also people not being able to attend the shows so yeah and also just coming over there's like a little glimpse of it that Jay White is also back at NJPW and uh, did not probably sign or turn up somewhere else but this still yeah, since he's in Bullet Club or still the leader of Bullet Club it's, it's interesting to see if he will show up He's the big dummy if he shows up. For some reason, I, he's not my favorite guy in in New Japan. Um, I suppose I could probably list five guys I like more than Jay White in New Japan. Like, you know, Okada be up there for sure. But for some reason, he's the one that if he shows up, I feel like I'll just shit my pants. Like, he's the one that I want to see show up over anyone else. Uh, maybe, maybe other than Ibushi because the the implications with. But I think maybe it's too soon for that. I think that needs. I think that needs to be a decade long build or something like that's the that's the pinnacle of Kenny's career match. I feel like him versus Ibushi. Um, I feel like there's much more storytelling we could do before we pull that trigger. Like that's that's his kind of rock versus Cena. Do you know what I mean? So um, I did just do yeah. some quick research. Uh, just had a little Google Tom. Um, on the AW New Japan. Apparently, obviously, it's a done deal. That it's a working relationship now. But it seems a bit like funny, though, because uh, I just saw that, obviously, um, New Japan wanted Mox to defend the, his US title, and the only Tony Khan basically blackmailed him and said, you can have Mox if you agree to this deal to like work together and have these like collaborations. So it kind of feels like a bit blackmail, but I don't care because it's the dream. That's hilarious. I mean, what I, I suppose the other option was... So it's a little bit of a wrestling history moment. They had Kurt 
Angle and Brock Lesnar. One of them had the IWGP title. I think, I don't know, it was cut off. One of them won the IWGP title off someone, but it wasn't classed legitimate. Obviously, I think that was Kurt Angle, who wasn't the legitimate champion. Um, but, uh, yeah, because um, Brock Lesnar's always recognised in the video packages. Uh, but one of them wouldn't defend and that's why they put it on a new guy and I, I'm kind of sketchy on the details I'll, I'll come back with a proper story next week but essentially it kind of reminds me of that they'd have to do something like that but they don't really want to do that with such a new title do you know what I mean so um, so I get it right um, that wrap, that about wraps up this week's Dynamite what was I mean do I need to ask what was your match of the night Patrick yeah no like the main event match was match of the night I would have loved to give it to uh, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker but this match in the main event was just so over the top and really good. So yeah, nothing to add there really. We we talked about it just just a few minutes before. Um, I agree. Before the show, Jack told me his favorite was Chaos Project versus Hangman Page and Matt Hardy. So it's two to one victory. You know what? That's not even funny. <laughs> that's just a, that's just offensive. To be fair, if you if you've gone if you've gone for the um the main event though just to you know make uh-huh. it out that it's not a whitewash i will go for the women's match yeah but it just, was a whitewash it, it, no it, <laughs> my head i want to go no, for no. the main event but just to make it you know a bit closer okay. so i'm representing the woman i'm a feminist let's go <laughs> okay um i'm part of aew next. hills i'm part of aew i don't think you're supposed to be <laughs> preview of next week we have a singles match for the TNT Championship between Darby Allen and Joey Janela. Chris Jericho and MJF versus The Acclaimed. And a tag match between Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson against Peter Avalon and Cesar Bononi. Um, yeah, and there was a social exclusive you wanted to say, Jack? Which yes, I'll remember. reveal it now. I don't know. If, well, you two clearly don't know, so prepare. Drum roll. Drum roll. Yes, on his tat, drum roll here. So it is... Or putting on a sound after. It is Lance Archer and John Moxley versus Kenny Omega and Kenta. What? And when you say nice. social, yeah. social exclusive, what do you mean? So it was announced on Twitter. Oh, okay. So it is on Dynamite. It's, it's on Dynamite next week. Uh, our That's first wild. ever New Japan contracted star. That's wild. Their match with an wow. AEW contract. It, honestly, that is... that. I mean, that's a pay-per-view match. Like they, Not they just always that, said but he's tagging with the former know, leader of the Bullet Club as well. Honestly, I, and I know we always said they, they said when they first did Dynamite that like you're gonna have pay-per-view style matches, but this one, like honestly, I mean, you don't even have to ask Tom us like what's our, what match we're we looking forward to most. Um, yeah. yeah, that is. I just... shan't. <laughs> so that brings us to news. News from the wrestling world this week. Well, I just saw just now that um, AEW actually completely smashed NXT in the ratings this week. Uh, I think. Oh, they did just come out. Yeah, AEW were third um, in for the network, I believe, and NXT were fifty-first. Um, I think they beat hmm. by over two million viewers. Um, I've got the wow. exact numbers here. I'll have a look. Dynamite drew eight hundred and eight hundred thousand and four eight. Let's try that again. Dynamite drew 844,000 viewers. NXT drew 610,000 viewers. So a whole maths, maths, maths. 200,000 plus 30,000 plus 3,000. Whatever that number Let's just say 200,000. That's just a number. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Over 200,000. Yeah. 200,000. Decent amount. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't really... I feel bad because NXT's kind of 
they're a good show, do you know what I mean? And um, I am neglecting it. I just, I really have a reason to watch with AW around, and I, I suspect the numbers kind of reflect a lot of people feel that way as well, because here, here, you know, they can say it's the main roster, you know, they can say it all they want, but you've got to treat it like it is, do you know what I mean? And, and they, they, they don't really, especially. Um, not until somebody... You know, not until until the NXT title is the main event title at WrestleMania. It's not the main roster. Do you know what I mean? Um, even if Charlotte kind of, I that, I actually found that out the other day because I didn't watch uh, WrestleMania when that happened. But Charlotte chose when she won the Royal Rumble last year. She chose Rhea Ripley's NXT title, which is I mean that's a start. But like I said, it's not it's not the main roster until it's headlined in WrestleMania. And I don't know whether that will ever happen. But AEW is the same sort of wrestling, but, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the only roster, do you know what I mean? So um, I, I suppose that's the appeal for a lot of people, having it taken seriously, seriously, you know? Also, Lars Sullivan was released from WWE. I'm assuming Patrick probably has more to say about this because I'm not sure how familiar Jack is with him. Um, yeah. yeah. Thoughts, on, thoughts on that, Patrick? Mm, yeah, there was something that was long overdue, but they had like a really weird relationship in the end. You know, all these things came up in the internet forums. He wrote like this homophobic and uh, racist stuff. I don't know which. I, I don't know if it was both. I can't remember that anymore exactly. It was both, yeah. Yeah, it was both. So yeah, but I also read an article today that he uh, suffers from anxiety disorder and everything. Since then, his dad died, so he's also in a bad place. So yeah, it, I, not I, really I thought not about this. Yeah. yeah, I'm not really happy right. to hear that also. Like, it's just maybe it's for the good that he's gone now and uh, he should really uh, care about his mental health because I think that's more important than, uh, yeah, being this this big guy for Vince in this, this weird company. I think it's it's way better for him to focus on these it's, private it's things now. to mental health, something like WWE and the, especially with yeah. the kind of politics over there as well. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, he said some really messed up stuff. Uh, I would, you know, he, he seems to be kind of unremorseful about some of it as well because there seems to be a continued pattern of behavior there but you know as you say he took some time off actually le legit took some time off WWE uh, while he was still you know assigned member of the roster because of you know a breakdown or whatever or I don't want to get into it too much but for that reason I really hope someone checks on him because this is the kind of thing that could you know send someone let's use this to to send out a kind of PSA, check on your loved one's mental health, especially with with uh, coronavirus. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and don't be afraid if, if you think you have something or so like mental health wise, just go see a doctor, check on it. It's nothing to worry of here about. It's just actually normal. So Very true, Patrick. One in four people, they say that's 25% is a lot. Then that brings us to less important shows i'll get an official jingle recorded eventually and i'll stop having to sing into the mic um i think that's start. a charm in you singing in the mic it's charming that's 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 lovely. I, I said i said i think there's a charm in you singing oh, in the mic oh. i think it i think it adds to it i, I don't think we need a professional one Tom. screw it yeah, i don't think so too until, until we're until a we diy a professional podcast. one everyone is used to yours which is good so it's fine so oh, let's, we've had we've <laughs> let's keep we've on going no, with that we've had no complaints so far so why change it not about that, anyway. Some people have a problem with the name, which, I mean, maybe it's a bit mouthy. Weekly AEW news kicks quite long, but, you know. What, uh, I, don't, I don't see anything offensive about no. podcast. No, me neither. So, by the way, if you want to drop us a line or so, wankwrestling at gmail.com. So, it's w-a-n-k-w-a-n-k. Mm-hmm. W-a-n-k wrestling. Um, yeah, no, Royal Rumble, we should probably start with. Um, we all bet on the Royal Rumble in our little little 
WhatsApp group chat we've got going on with seven other fine folks. Um, yeah, who did everybody have again? For, for we we did one for the men's and one for the women's. Let's go with women's yeah, first. Yeah, I, I had I had on both. I had number number thirty and I didn't win. That's really shit. <laughs> yeah, you had number thirty on both. Natalia yeah. in the women's, wasn't that? Was do you, do yeah, you I, I don't know who it was anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know who it was for the women's or, or also the men's anymore. I think in men's. Oh no, the men's was uh, Braun Strowman. So I was oh, sure he did wouldn't win. But yeah, I was like, oh Jesus Christ. Um, Jack, you had. Let me see if I can get this. You had Shotzi Blackheart, Alexa Bliss, and nah, I've forgotten the other one. I mean, you you know more than me. I I I deleted it. Now I've only got the winners. Um, <laughs> Enrage. <laughs> didn't do too well on the women's. The women's. The women's. I know. Yeah, Shotzi Blackheart, Alexa Bliss, and I can't. I, I genuinely can't remember the other one. But I just remembered that they'd come in, um, shot their stuff, and then be eliminated straight away. I don't Jack think was I, the only one. I did, who, who had zero eliminations across all his uh, yeah. wrestlers in one of the rumbles, and that was the women's honestly, rumble. my women's was just awful, and the men's was not much better. Um, I, I had a couple better people in the men's. I had Big E, I had AJ Styles. I can't remember who else yeah. I had. Um, but yeah, but no, still, still, no money was won for me. None, none of us three won any money, uh, and there was four prizes to be had as well. Winner and a run out for each one. I had who do I have for the men's? I had Bailey in the women's. She didn't do as well as I expected, um, and I had who was my Cesaro was my best one in the uh, men. So, I mean, oh, oh, oh can we talk about this will. now? You're now you're bringing up a good point for the uh, for the wrestling news. Uh, this this week also it was pointed out that Cesaro's contract is is expiring after WrestleMania. So this shit me shut the front door. Now this is this is giving some room for speculation, which I'm really looking forward to because I really hope I'm that he bloody speculating. Yeah, I, I just don't hope he's. The cows come he's home. Yeah, right. I, I just don't don't want him to extend that because the, not a world title having on him like never won a world title is a shame, because he is one of the he is maybe the most underused wrestler on on the whole uh, roster right now at WWE for never having a, a world title run. So, I think he's won most underrated wrestler in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards for like over half a decade straight now. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Definitely, um, definitely. And you could see that at the Rumble again. He just turned 40 and he just looks like, I don't know, 25, really. Like, yeah, dude, if not literally. now, when, though? Because, you know, yeah. you never know, he'll turn a corner and it'll start. He's, he's got to... I mean, yeah. that guy could go anywhere. I mean, he wouldn't go to Impact, I don't think, but, you know, he could. Um, he could go to AEW, he could go to New Japan. I think that's... Yeah, that's how definitely with the working relationship right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I just I think he fits the style, do you know what I mean? Um, with that kind of tough guy he's just great he's he's so technically gifted and he's a brawler it's a mishmash of styles and it's uh, it's just fantastic he's strong he's pound for pound ridiculously strong um yeah i'd like to see that uh of course bianca Belair ended up women winning the women's women jesus that's a hard thing to say bianca Belair ended up winning the women's rumble seashells seashells on the seashell um and edge ended up winning the men's rumble to mixed responses on social media i liked it because i'm a big edge fan i'll probably tune into wrestlemania just for his match to be honest have you have you guys been watching any any wrestling new or old since last week uh, for me personally, I was saying to you earlier, Tom, when we were on our phone, own phone call, I've been watching, yeah, obviously AW religiously. Um, Impact, I watch the highlights each week on YouTube now, so I'm a bit up to date in what's going on there. Uh, New Japan, I've started watching the highlights on YouTube. Um, 
and we'll hopefully watch the new beginning. And I've also, me and um, other mutual friend of ours, Liam, in the wrestling group chat, we watch um, some old wrestling matches each week uh, whilst we're calling. And we watch two death matches, um, old death matches, one from Impact with Sammy Callahan versus Jimmy Havoc. And the other was from Lucha Underground and it was Killshot. And I can't remember who he was facing, but it definitely recommended them. Um, it was on Squared Circle as like, I think it's like people are saying it's one of the best matches Lucha Underground's ever done. So check them out if you've not. And if you just like watching old wrestling matches. Do you know which match you're talking about there, Patrick? I know Hugh probably would. Mm, not really, no. <laughs> not yet. Get in but touch. Maybe I'll just and by get in touch, I mean, I mean Hugh. Tell I've got it. I've got it. Because I just looked oh, on Google. Go. Killshot versus Dante Fox. Dante Fox. Okay, good. There you go. Okay, great. Um, I'm gonna, make sure to check out. Back. It's got certified Jack Stamp recommendation. I think... Certified Jay. It, it, so to be fair, I, I, it, it was yeah. brutal. That's all I want to say. It was absolutely brutal. <laughs> Out, I'd like to chip in now with the, with the Royal Rumble also, just a quick opinion oh, on yeah, that, sure, because uh, I'm also a big Edge fan, and on one hand I'm happy for Edge winning it, because uh, yeah, because like his career was ended, and now he's coming back, and still like it didn't change at all, he even got a little better, no still ring rust good, or anything, yeah, exactly. yeah. and uh, I like that, but on the other hand, I... I'm not happy with him winning the Rumble because there is so much uh, young talent in there that doesn't get the spotlight they should get. That's the same with Goldberg bringing Goldberg back in again and again and again and again, or The Undertaker. Um, it, I like the Women's Rumble more also that Bianca Belair wouldn't, and also like from the Rumble itself more because they showcase the talent there. But they can put it on, they could, they could give the Royal Rumble win to anyone really because this is... This is the thing. This is why they've got two titles. If they have one title, they've got to be a lot more kind of, that's it, that's your main event, you know what I mean? But with the whole brand split years and years ago um, and having two titles and two titles to pick, well, three titles to pick from, technically, but let's be real, two titles to pick from, at least in the men's, um, you know, you can, you, can, you can set up a feud and if it's not going the way you want or, you know, it doesn't... I don't know if it always is the main event, is it? The Royal Rumble winners... Has that has that happened? It's it's not always the main event of WrestleMania anymore, is it? It can be like they can put it on the undercard and put a different title as the main event. Or am I? I don't know. Yeah, they're they're switching this this setup like all the time. Like Sheamus, um, Sheamus when Sheamus won the Royal Rumble, that didn't was it him that was that the year he challenged Daniel Bryan? Was the year he won the Royal Rumble? Yeah, yeah, it's same. It was the opening match, I think. Because yeah, that was the opening, opening match. match. So yeah, it, yeah, it used right. to be for a main event at WrestleMania, but it's not card. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's complete rubbish. Hey, just also, I have to add, I just saw it's actually uh, um, the, the main event next week is actually a lights out false count anywhere match with Kenta and Kenny versus John Moxley and Lance Archer. So, lights out false count anywhere. Oh, so it's yep. going to be, it's gonna be yeah. down and dirty. Yeah, it's going to be Ready down and dirty. That. I think I think a certain uh, Terry, uh, how's his full name? Terry Smith has to pay a $10,000 uh, fine again afterwards, I think. <laughs> As he had to do with the last lights out match. <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's a good good place to end it. Getting excited about next week. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you, gents, again for another chat. It's been great to be back. back. We ha we did miss you. So until next week, I always steal a different wrestler's uh, different wrestler's thing at the end. So I'll say, uh, remember to know your role and shut your mouth.